Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and thank you for tuning in to our Thursday night programming of Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> but why wouldn't you tune into the greatest show heard all around the world? <laughs> night and the lights are on the power's on the music will be, play, be played and the gibbers will come out of our mouths that's right we're here tonight it's totally driven radio it's time to get driven we're going to be talking a whole lot of totally driven entertainment throughout three hours from 11 to uh or from 8 to 11 p.m eastern if you're after on the west coast that would be what five to eight so that means i'm going to like interrupt your dinner and especially Nick's dinner, because he's going to eat during the show. So, speaking <laughs> of <laughs> what's going on, buddy? Oh, man, I you know, it's actually six here because I'm not technically on the West Coast. You know what I mean? Now, is this that two-hour time zone period part of life? Yeah, dude, for a little while, yeah. <laughs> that is the weirdest thing. And then it'll say, like, nobody believes me when I tell them that, like, we don't have daylight savings and stuff like, yeah, they don't, they don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's why a lot, I mean, a lot of people, like, migrate out there to Arizona. Oh, yeah, for sure, dude. Like, if you drive down one street long enough, you'll see, like, Chicago dogs. Uh, you know, a Bosnian restaurant, a Filipino place, a place from London. You know what I mean? Like, there's immigrants from everywhere in Arizona. So I think there's more people in Arizona that aren't from here oh, than sure. there are people actually from Arizona. Uh, I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Now, how about Especially uh, during the winter. Yeah. I guess the same thing uh, is pretty true for our for our southern co-host, Mr. Jimmy Gennetti, uh, who's down there in Florida. Uh, how about you, Gennetti? Is the same? Is that the same situation going on down there, pretty much? Yeah, but you know what? Honestly, I I expected to see a lot more uh, Maine or you know New Hampshire or somewhere. What I always constantly see, no matter what, is New York, New Jersey. Always, you know, there's spatterings of Georgia, there's spatterings of of Pennsylvania, there's spatterings of 
occasionally North Carolina. But most what I see as far as uh, license plates is New York and New Jersey. And In this area, say- anyway. Now, I'm not going to say it's, it's everywhere, but... Now, is it down there, or was it back in Virginia where there was a guy from, what was it, Jersey, or at a cheesesteak place or something? Yeah. Well, no. He was from uh, Philly, actually. He was an old Philly cop. Uh, okay. Chubby's the place that they had the this cheesesteaks. Um, and he retired and went to Virginia, and eventually he retired and went to Florida. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's here somewhere. He's in Florida somewhere. Um, but, yeah. No, Virginia, I didn't see a lot of people from, you know, especially in Roanoke. You're not going to see a lot of people in Roanoke from that. Because um, Roanoke is like far, <laughs> the furthest probably south you can get with it. Uh, right. Besides Danville. So, but yeah, no, most of what I see around here in Florida is New York, heavy spatterings, heavy, heavy New York. And then Jersey is a lot of it too. So. Yeah. So we have, and most um, are snowbirds. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. <laughs> so. so we have um, oh, an interesting show lined up tonight. We got um, coming up as usual, in about five minutes. We have Kristen Burt calling in with uh, this week's Hollywood news report, which she's going to have a lot of um. Updates for us about the Oscars. Which, um, hashtag who cares? Yeah, it it, it seems like the the biggest thing about the whole Oscar thing was, um, the screw up. (laughs) It's like, yeah, they're so worried about getting their political jabs in against the president and, and, and putting forth their agenda that they can't figure out how to in the last movie. And complete them asses. I'm going to be straight up with you guys. Like, I'm done with all the political stuff. Like, I'm interested in who won. But I wa- I refuse to watch it. I'm just I'm I'm finished with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, w- I wasn't even interested in who won. movies anyway, so fuck you. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like tell me, Nick, that you would honestly go out and see what ended up winning as best picture. I'm gonna be honest with you. Is which one won? Um, uh, Broke Black Moonlight. Mountain. Yeah, Moon Moon uh, Moon Moon's over Miami, is what it was. Okay. Uh, no, I didn't. I, yeah. <laughs> you didn't like that? Moon's over Miami. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, even if it was free on television, and I was flipping, and there was nothing else on, I could go watch Batman somewhere. You know, um, well, that's the thing too. Like, you couldn't pay me to watch a movie like La La Land either. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to fucking watch Ryan Gosling sing for two hours. 
the fuck out. I have better things to do with my life, like dental surgery. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's and and who see I I I I. Now some of it was good this, though. Hacksaw Ridge was on point. I didn't I didn't watch it. Don't really care. <laughs> but you know it's it's one of those things. I, I've been I've said this for years. You know, to me, what should win the best picture is the one that made the most money, because that is what most people saw. <laughs> you know, if it won a bajillion dollars, or if it made a bajillion dollars, guess what? There was people that went and saw that movie over and over and over again. That, that means for like you know the next I mean? ten years, Star Wars is going to win. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You know, or or uh, Captain America, uh, Winter Soldier, or what? You know, whatever, uh, whatever the case. <laughs> Deadpool it, two, best supporting yeah, actress. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that to me is what uh, that to me is what defines you know the movie. It's the same thing with music. You know, it's how many times has this person been downloaded, or how many times has this video been watched, or how many times did this album get bought? Uh, you know, that to me is the person that wins album of the year. I don't care who thinks they deserve it. We all think we well, deserve I, some kind of reward. I think, though, but, that that's kind of the point of the Oscars, though, is that it's like it's more about peer recognition than public recognition. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I don't because think there has the, ever the been. The Academy is a group of people that work in the industry. You know what I mean? Right. And I don't think I have ever, 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 and I might, I might be wrong on this. I, I wouldn't know, you know, all of it. But I don't think I have ever watched one movie that has won Best Picture. Oh, now see, that can't you know be what? true. Braveheart. Yeah, one. That I never watched Braveheart. Apollo thirteen. Okay. Yeah, I did watch Apollo thirteen. I did watch that. What else won? Forrest okay. Gump. Yeah, I watched Forrest Gump. Okay. So, yeah, like I said, uh, I, I can't say for sure, but, you know, uh, I can say for sure in the last probably 10 years that I haven't watched any of those movies. I could be wrong. Yeah, no, too. totally. But, yeah, but uh, still, you know, there's just no I don't reason. know. I, I think in the last – the only one I think I could say probably in the last 10 years, man, I don't know. Yeah, damn. I don't know what I don't know what one. You know, I, I, see, I never know what. Wins. I think twelve. I, I saw Twelve Years a Slave. I think that was like 2013. No, I never saw that. And I said no. Oh, yeah, I saw Spotlight too. So that was yeah. So I've seen a couple of them, but not a whole lot, man. Yeah. It's... But you saw Lord of the Rings, right? That didn't win West Best Picture, did it? Uh, I want to say 2003, Return of the King. Oh, yeah. yeah I kept falling asleep during that. Really <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, and that, is, that is the boring one, sort of. That, and it's sort of, I, yeah, that, I, I ain't even going to get into it. <laughs> the only fun thing I saw was like the action scene at the end where the trees are getting involved and the whole, you know. Other than that, it was just very, uh, you know, a very anticlimactic picture, I think. And I'll be honest with you, I preferred the cartoons over, <laughs> over the live action shit. 
Yeah. So, yeah, All right, well, since we're talking Oscars, um, actually, there's two people on hold that want to talk Oscars as well. One we always expect at this time, so let's get her on first. The one and only Miss Kristen Burt, who was at the red carpet and all that. Hi. Hello, Kristen. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, my goodness. Exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let, let me uh, also get out. Uh, we have uh, Moondogs on hold. He, he wants to be chiming in, too, while we're doing all this Oscar talk. So let's, uh, Moondog, you're on the air. So let's, uh, Kristen, fire away, my dear. Tell us the dirt. I don't, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Um, the only thing we're ever going to remember, we're probably never going to remember anything else, but that big best picture snafu that everyone's calling it a snafu. It was a disaster. And I was tweeting as it was happening. I was saying this is big and this is bad. People were like, it's not that bad. They corrected it. And I was like, no, let me tell you why it's bad. And I- I've done countless stories on the envelope and Coopers, and how the whole process is. And I'm like, none of the safety protocols were followed in this moment. And I knew it then, and now the stories are all coming out. And I was like, no one believed me on Oscar night. People were fighting me all night on Twitter. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, this was a complete disaster. And, you know, when it comes to, like, big events, you know, like what's going on with our country and people fighting politically, it's not that big. But in the world of award shows and a tax accounting firm and them doing their jobs, because the guy had one job, and his job was just to deliver the correct envelope. And then if the wrong envelope was handed out, it was to immediately go out on stage and correct that mistake. And none of that happened in that last category. Now, do you think this um, uh, envelope mistake was a bigger one than the Steve Harvey one? Way bigger, <laughs> way bigger. I mean, I understand that they crowned the Miss Universe and everything, but the way that their envelope um, was designed, it kind of made it a little bit confusing. Um, but this guy was tweeting. This guy was taking photos of Emma Stone, putting him on a Twitter account just moments before he was handing the envelope, um, and he was asked not to. Or he was asked to stay off of social media for the entire show, and then he could post anything he wanted after. So. That wasn't followed. Um, the Academy also did change the design of their envelopes and just a little inside scoop. They used to use this guy, Mark Friedland, who did these gorgeous envelopes, and he recreated what the envelope means. He made it kind of like a keepsake or, you know, um, one of those mementos for the winners. Um, and they decided to cut the budget, and they did their own in-house envelopes with different types <laughs> And types that blended into the envelope so you could barely see the category. So I do think that played in a little bit. And I'll tell you, Mark Freeland has been all over the press because I'm like, of course he should be. They cut the budget on something that really shouldn't have been cut, honestly. Because and you don't think of these things, but when people are designers, they think of like how, what the type looks like and what the font is and the size and how um, the eye looks at it. And it's actually very psychological. Um, and because they didn't have someone that is an expert at it, that was also a fail. <laughs> that, that's amazing. All, the, entire, <laughs> the entire scene was surreal because Warren Beatty knew something was wrong. He kept looking yeah. inside the envelope as if he was like the jilted kid 
who got his birthday card and there was no money inside. And he kept looking inside the envelope. And then he just hands it to Faye. And Jimmy Fallon had a great comment on his show the night after. He's like, Clyde threw Bonnie under the bus. Yeah, and all, Jimmy Kimmel. And, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. And all, she just saw, she didn't see Emma Stone. She just saw La La Land and just blurted it out. Yeah, and to add to sort of this whole cluster of what was happening, um, you know, first of all, everyone's like, it's Warren and Faith's fault. I'm like, they really, they're, they're not at fault. They're really not. Because their job is to show up at the Oscars and present Best Picture and open an envelope. And, you know, Warren got a little confused. And I, I you know, dare anyone to get up on live TV and speak in front of a global audience and try and think straight when you're like, something looks wrong, oh, but I'm not sure what, and I'm confused. People don't give anyone credit for that. And I'm like, it is so hard. It is so hard what Jimmy Kimmel did for three and a half hours that night. It's hard to be a presenter. People are nervous. So he was looking to her for reassurance, but they had been fighting during rehearsal over who was going to announce best picture. And if you hear her under her breath, she goes, you're impossible. And then just goes, la la land. She didn't even look at that envelope. She just saw la la land. And that's all she said. So there there was an ego clash going on too, on top of all of this. And you add in the fact that this has never, ever happened during the entire Academy Awards. So you don't think there's going to be a slip-up like this. Of course not. And poor Warren was just, he wanted to make things right, and he didn't even want to let go of the envelope until he showed it to Barry Jenkins because he felt bad because he felt like he robbed him of his big moment, which um, he was robbed of the big moment, but that was because of the PricewaterhouseCooper accountant, Brian Cullinan. So that was, you know, it's just, and everyone was very gracious and everyone handled it very well. But, you know, in the end, um, it was a big deal that Moonlight beat La La Land for Best Picture. Oh, yeah, it was an upset. I mean, La La Land had everything going for it. I mean, it had the Hollywood nostalgia thing that the voters are usually huge for. It was a musical. You just And it had the most nominations. So you just – it wasn't a surprise when that got announced. And then you just see all the chaos on stage. And the producer of La La Land – deserves all the credit in the world because he took hold of that entire scenario and got it. He right. sure did. He, yeah, he handled it very, very well. And uh, I would have been probably bawling on stage. Just like, what is going on? Um, so that everyone did him, but I think everyone was in shock too. So I think that that played into it too, for people just going, okay, it's not mine. I just need to hand it over. Um, but, you know, we talked, we talked last Thursday, right? I can't even remember. It was such a blur of a week, but, I think I was saying, you know, I think La La Land's going to win. The interesting thing is that Hollywood Reporter does these interviews um, with voters. Anonymously, they do it. Um, and everyone started saying, like, I love La La Land, but I voted for Moonlight. And there were enough of them, enough of these, like, anonymous Academy voters that I was like, huh, I wonder if it's going to turn out to be different. But it didn't really, like, register in my brain. I just I thought of that as an aside, like, on Saturday after I read kind of the final article. So on Sunday when it finally was like Moonlight, I was like, well, it kind of makes sense in some way. There were, there were some I, hints to it. I thought La La Land was a shoe in and then I watched the Spirit Awards on Saturday, which is actually one of my favorite award shows of the year. And that swept there. Now, granted, La La Land wasn't eligible, but Moonlight won all the awards, and it had a little bit of momentum going into Sunday. It certainly did. And uh, I was there at the um, Spirit Awards as well, and um, – you know, you could feel it when they walked into the room. People were excited and they were cheering. I was in the, I was on the red carpet and in the press room for that show. Um, there was it had a lot of support, and I think 
you know, it's not a movie for everyone. However, I think a lot of people were very moved by the story. And uh, it's a story that we don't see on the big screen. I was going to say often, but I was like, if ever, honestly. Um, and there's some great performances in that. Mahershala Ali totally deserves that Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. You can make an argument that both movies kind of won coming out of the weekend because there's a lot of people that would never see either movie, and now they're going to be interested because of this. Absolutely. And, you know, I read somewhere online this morning that uh, theater in London, people had bought tickets to Moonlight, and as a joke, they played like the first few minutes of La La Land. Yeah, (laughs) that that was great. great. I was like, that's great. That's going to become like a running joke. They should do it on April Fool's. But for the show itself, and I watch the Oscars mostly every year, and I really went into it this year not really caring. I wasn't going to watch it, and at the last second I decided to. It didn't drag. It was a really good show that just went the three and a half hours and you didn't feel it, which you can't say for every telecast. Yeah, absolutely true. I th- it was new producers this year. Um, they wanted to do something faster paced. And um, I thought Jimmy Kimmel handled the show really well. I think he's the type of host that could come back again. And I, I felt bad for him, too, because he had a really good show. And then, um, then you know, kind of ended on a, on a low note. So for him, he was like, oh, you know. And for a lot of people that were involved in the show, instead of running off to the governor's ball and enjoying champagne, there was a big huddle and meetings and, you know, a postmortem of, like, what the heck just happened? So... Uh, what was a really good, like, three-and-a-half-hour show, it really was just, like, the last 15 minutes that you went, whoa. Yeah, and then uh, Kimmel had to cancel his, like, last skit that he was going to do with Matt Damon as well. He was actually sitting next to Matt while all this went on. Yeah, his description of uh, what went down, um, which he did the next day on Monday night um, on his show, was really pretty funny. Like, you know, he gives the play-by-play, and he was like, I was trying not to crack up because he's like, it was so awkward and uncomfortable. And he's like, in some ways I wanted to laugh. Of course it's not funny, but at the same way, you know, you, when you're just in those awkward, uncomfortable moments, you're like, I just kind of want to giggle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was really funny when he, he was talking to Matt and he's like, man, the host should get up there and take control. Oh, wait a minute. I'm the host. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was great. Uh, I love- Harvey's, uh, I think it was his tweet the next morning. Did I miss anything last night or something he said? <laughs> nah, nothing happened at all, the Oscars. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. So how was your, uh, the red carpet part? Did you, ha- did you have fun? Any big interviews you get to land? Or? Um, I was actually covering one of the Oscar um, viewing parties, so I wasn't on the Oscars red carpet. Okay. But... Um, yeah, it was, it was a fun night, and it's interesting to see um, this year because I was that you know the Oscars have one thing going on, and then there's like another layer of all these major viewing parties with celebrities, and it's kind of interesting to see that there's like a whole like sub city of things going on outside of the Dolby Theater. It's really it was really an eye opener. It was fascinating. What was up with Haley Berry's hair? Yeah, I loved total- it. Really? Ugh. I loved it. That is her natural hair. No. Yeah. To me, it was distracting. <laughs> oh, I, lo- I loved it. I thought it was beautiful. Wow. I thought it was a total wig. No, she actually, she's like, I wanted, she wanted to do her natural hair, so she's grown it out. Oh. What? You shocked me on that one. Yep. 
about how about the uh, the Spirit Awards? How was that? Spirit Awards were great. Um, they were very cold. Um, we've had unseasonably. Now it's so weird. It was eighty degrees today. Last week it was in the fifties. And Spirit Awards are by the beach in Santa Monica. So um, you add an unseasonably cold day at the beach and you're like, oh, man. And, of course, I had a short dress. And I was like, are you kidding me? So there's a photo of me, like, showing off my dress on the, the blue carpet at the Spirit Awards. And then, like, five minutes later, I've got a winter coat and my hoodie on because I'm like, I'm so cold. <laughs> but um, the Spirit Awards are always really fun. They're very laid back, and that's exactly what they're designed to be because the next day is such a formal, stuffy affair. It's a great way for indie film, which is often nominated for Oscars as well, but just to be celebrated in, in something a little bit more low-key. Um, and you, you really see that there, there's a lot brewing in indie film. I feel like we're having kind of that renaissance that we had in the 90s with indie film, which kind of started in the 70s, and um, it feels like every so often you get um, indie film really – coming to the forefront again right get that surge of them of the good ones yep. we should do. the good ones yeah and exactly that's it and you know i think people are looking for different stories i know for me as a moviegoer i'm tired of superhero movies and i'm tired of reboots i know that there's a market for them but honestly like <laughs> i get invited to press screenings all the time and it's like if i have to cover them i'm like it just seems like i'm seeing the same film over and over again a lot of times you're talking right. to the wrong crowd with the superhero movies. <laughs> I totally get it. There's a market for it. But you know what I mean? There is a market for it, but there also right. is a market for original stories. And I think that has been missing at the box office for a while. And we're starting to see that come back. And those franchises aren't going away. And the superhero movies aren't going away. But Hollywood also needs to think outside the box the way that television is. Because television is winning right now. And... And, and television is doing franchises that are very successful, too. You know, you've got the whole Marvel Universe on TV, but they're also telling original tales. So I think that right. they need to find a better balance in film. I agree with that. Well, I, I think another thing that you have to mention, too, is that um, Netflix is about to change the way people watch movies. I mean, they have a couple pretty high-profile movies that are coming directly to Netflix. You, there has to be a real reason to, to get out there these days. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, there's, they create a reason to just, I mean, there's a reason there's a slogan called Netflix and chills. You know what I mean? Because um, you just don't want to get off the couch. And you know that, like, for L.A., it's if we have a really bad rainy weekend. For you guys, if you have a snowstorm or something, nobody leaves the house. You're literally, you've got that TV on burning and you're binge-watching something. Um, and they're also now getting into the reality television game, that was announced. So they are really hitting like all of the categories that we watch on multiple cable channels. And there's another game changer that's coming into play. And that's YouTube is going to be offering its own bundle of live TV services for like $35 a month. If I were a cable uh, cable company, I'd really be worried. I'd really be worried to what YouTube and sling and Netflix and everyone else and Amazon starting to bundle things as well are doing because these are way cheaper than your $200 cable bill. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is something we've discussed for the last few years, this whole cut in the court thing and all. And, you know, I, I guess it was the uh, beginning of the year where I really was trying to do it, and I just kind of gave up. And it was kind of scary. The other day, um, in the develop- I live in a townhouse development, and we have a, like, Facebook group, 
and this way everybody can talk about like what's going on and stuff like that. And one of the, the people in the, in the development put up the other day that he is in the process of going and cutting the cord and he was going to um, go with sling TV and all. And I said to him, I said, you know, let me know how you make out. And here he was telling me that you can also get your local channels through sling TV, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, he turned my around. Sister just um, switched over too. Who, who's, who's that? My sister just switched over to Sling TV. She's got the local stations. Really? Okay, cool. Yep. Um, but then a lot of people were chiming in. A good like dozen or more people chimed in who all have done this. They've cut the cord, and many of them for years. And they said it was the greatest mm-hmm. thing they've ever done. And they're quite happy with Netflix and all these other cheaper um, you know, things that we have now. Yeah, I mean, we, we did it, I want to say, we're probably now six or seven months into this. And I don't miss it. I have to be honest. We were able to watch the Super Bowl because Fox Sports offered the Super Bowl for free on one of the on their sports Fox Sports app. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that I'm like, we we watch. It's weird. We watch less TV and do other things. However, I binge watch more if that makes sense. So right. when I'm like, great, I want to watch this show, I'll, I'll dive right into it. But overall, I leave the TV off less. There's, there's less white noise running in the background all the time. Gotcha. Yeah, understandable. Yeah, and I think I, I'm watching more things that I want. You know what I mean? Like things that I'm like, oh, I wanted to learn more about that topic or I wanted to see that documentary. Like it's more focused television viewing versus like I would have E on all day long just like as background noise. That doesn't happen. Right. Yeah, I, I got to refocus on that again. Looks like I'm going to probably end up going with some TV now. I can get the local channels. You'll be happy when you have a cheaper bill, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. So uh, what, anything else out there happened beside uh, the Oscars, or was that, like, still – are people, like, still actually talking about it? Oh, my gosh. It, it's ad nauseum here in, in Los Angeles because there's investigations going on and Academy members chiming in. They have dismissed the two accountants that were on, on the Oscars, so they'll never do the show again. But it's, in, it's expected that PricewaterhouseCoopers will continue to have a relationship with the Academy. They've been working together for 83 years. And not only do they cover the Oscars, but, you know, they handle all of the accounting for the entire um, group. So it's one of those things. It's not just like, okay, well, you're fired from the Oscars. That would mean, um, you know, firing them from day-to-day business. And that isn't something that's realistic. So we'll have new um, accountants next year. I also expect that there'll be less press and focus on them. They were allowed to sort of be little superstars in their own little world. Um, so I think that they're going to be more background players than they have been in prior years. And there'll be jokes galore about the envelopes next year. Oh, my gosh. And I kind of hope Jimmy Kimmel's back because it would be kind of a nice continuity um, from this year to next year. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, and then the other big thing that happened this week, of course, is the Dancing with the Stars cast reveal. So I was up at 4 a.m. yesterday dealing with the East Coast reveal, you know, since I'm on the West Coast, I had to cover it early. So it was, it's been a long week. I'm exhausted. <laughs> well, I guess you should spill the beans then because I, I forgot about it. Yeah. So it was um, on Wednesday, Wednesday, say Thursday. Yeah. So it was on Wednesday. Um, I, we kind of talked a little bit. I gave you a few spoilers, but yeah, Mr. T is definitely on. Um, 
we also have um, one of the Fifth Harmony girls, Normandy, uh, Normandy, and I'm trying to think who else. Nancy Kerrigan's on the ca- in the cast. Um, Simone Biles from USA Gymnastics is in the cast. Um, Chris Kattan. How about that? From Saturday Night Live. Wow. That's kind of an interesting one. And I'm just trying to think who else off the top of my head. Our first baseball player, David Ross from the Chicago Cubs. Never had a baseball player in 24 seasons. So this is, he's the first, which I think is kind of interesting. And um, they have, I'm, to, I'm just off the top of my head here. Oh, Charo, Charo. Do you guys remember Charo from, um, I remember her from the love boat. Coochie coochie. <laughs> dancing this season. So, you know, it's going to be. She's claiming she's 65, but I, I, I feel like that's impossible because, I mean, wasn't she on, like, and a little bit older, not old, but, like, I'm saying, like, maybe in her 40s when she was on Love Boat? That's what I thought. I mean, I remember her from the 70s. Um, my mom, because my mom used to love her, and she would always, uh, always tell me, like, that Charo is the greatest guitar player ever. You need to learn how Charo plays. And I used to be like, are you out of your freaking mind? She's coochie-coochie. That's all that girl knows how to do. But I... Yeah, I, I thought she was definitely in her 70s. She's yeah, 75. I, she's saying she's 65. I do feel like she's she's changing up her age a little bit. She's claiming yeah, she's, she's 65. 75. From, she's yeah, 75, from what they say on the internet. But Okay. Yeah, she, she's claiming she's six, yeah. Okay, well, that sounds better. That sounds more like it to me. Um, we have a bull rider named Bonner Bolton. Um, who I, I'm not familiar with, but he had a life or death situation that I'm sure will play into his story. Um, you told you David Raw. Oh, Erica Jane from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, for people that are reality fans. Um, this one's kind of a ringer. Heather um, Morris from Glee. She was a professional dancer who used to dance with Beyonce before she was on Glee. So I don't know how they qualify her as someone who doesn't know how to dance, but whatever. Um, the Bachelor's on, which nobody likes him. Um, I was like, who else? Oh, um, Rashad Jennings, the free agent. He's a running back, so he'll be on. And, yeah, that's the contestants. But I think Mr. T is going to be a lot of fun. He's the one I'm really looking forward to. He sounds like he's probably, like, the biggest, like, star on this season. Um, In terms of nostalgia, for sure, I will tell you that just age group-wise, Simon, uh, Simone Biles and Normati from um, Fifth Harmony have fan bases that are huge and dynamic, as does Heather Morris from Glee. So um, there's a little bit of a generational divide, and I would say that Mr. T will be lucky to make it – he might make it like mid-season, while those three will probably make it to the, to the end, even just based off of votes alone. Yeah. I definitely don't see Mr. T lasting long. Yeah, he'll he'll get the nostalgia vote for a little while, and then and then it'll just fizzle out because then we'll be like, oh, okay, we saw him. <laughs> that happens. It does happen. I hate to be like such a bummer about that, but it is true. You go, okay, we've got it. We had fun. I'm going to tell you guys right now. I think everybody thinks that Damone is going to win. And I think Heather is going to come out of nowhere with the win. 
I think possibly that the Fifth Harmony girl is going to win. Only because out of the tweets that I've done, um, I have to tell you that um, I have to tell you that her fans have been like crazy and a little fanatical and going nuts on Twitter. So um, more so than Simone and more so than Heather. Although I'll say Heather is kind of like in second place and Simone would be in third when it comes to all the fan tweets. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But I, not I just, bad guesses. It, it, and the scary part is like, it, it already seems like you guys have your, um, what is it? Your top four picked out. I'm going to, I'm going to be watching over the next like week or so. Cause uh, a lot of the pros will do, little snippets of um, the rehearsals and stuff like that. And I want to see how people move because sometimes you'll see someone and go, they're going to be a great dancer. And then you watch them and you're like, Oh, Nope, Nope, not going to happen. So, um, and I need to throw a guy in there. There needs to be at least one guy. I think. Hmm. i got to work that one out. Interesting. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it definitely will now, be. <laughs> when does the season um, actually start? March 20th. So we are about 18 days away. And uh, I, I'm gonna, I think I'll announce um, envelopes sometime next week. So I'll, I'll let you guys know when I talk to you. Yes. Awesome. It, it's funny. I, I, I use like the same envelope every time. I just like put it in my thing and I put it in a drawer over here and I just never look at it until it's time. And uh, I was cleaning, I was looking for uh, something the other day and I opened the drawer and said, oh, there it is. Time to dust off the envelope. <laughs> twice a year. <laughs> twice a year. <laughs> uh, oh, boy, oh, boy. So um, how about a totally different person? Do you have anybody this week? Uh, you know what? To me, I, I really think that um, it, it, it's the cast of, of um, La La Land for just, like, taking a step back, not making a fuss, and letting Moonlight really step up and have their moment because – the actual shock moment of like, Oh my gosh, Moonlight beat La La Land didn't really happen. So I feel like everyone was very gracious and handled it way better than I'm not sure I would have been able to handle it that well. (laughs) I I would love to hear the conversations afterwards from the cast of La La Land. You know, I have not, I have not caught up with um, my friend, Mandy Moore, not the actress, the choreographer, but, um, who is a part of the film. You know, she did all the choreography for La La Land. Hopefully I will see her soon. Um, I just kind of wanted to give her a week's break, which she didn't really have a break because she's a choreographer for Dancing with the Stars. Um, so she's had a busy week. But I, I do want to sort of catch up and, and see where she's at and where her head's at. I mean, I know she had a wonderful award show season, but I've got to imagine that your heart probably soars and then sinks in a matter of two and a half minutes. Yeah, that, that, that whole that whole situation. I, 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 such a such a salty situation. I would have been salty. I would have been pissed off. But I mean, what can you do? I mean, all you can really do is just like bite your tongue and bow out gracefully. Yeah, and maybe go home and have a private cry. I mean, I think that's fair. Yeah. I totally think that's Absolutely. fair, honestly. Absolutely. So, all right. So that that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny, like, I had one, and then you mentioned somebody, and then I was like, hmm, that's kind of a good one, but I, I think I'll just stick with mine, 
even though I know nobody else will pick him. But I'm actually going to say Donald Trump. Look, the crowd goes silent. You're you're fired. You're fired. (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, it's funny, you know, the the other night when he was uh, doing his speech, the the crazy thing was, first off, like, usually it's just like your major networks that pick that up. I mean, I was flipping through channels just to find anything else to watch. And it was on numerous channels all throughout cable as well. So that kind of shocked me. So then I got sucked in because I was like, all right, you know what? This is probably going to end up being the the best uh, television that's actually on right now. So I started watching it. And and I just kept saying to myself, and I kept saying to my wife, too, until she fell asleep, was if he actually can do the things he is saying, he can go down technically the in history of being the best president ever. But on the flip side, he will never get an ounce of respect for from 60% of the people in this country. No, he won't. And But he's a little too... Um... Because I think there's a there's too much he he's created too many wars with too many different factions and I think that's why he's already made too many people angry. <laughs> oh, yeah. So even even if he and every president doesn't matter whether you agree with them or not they all do some good and they all do some bad. So um, but I think his the good stuff that he does wind up doing is going to get just clouded and overlooked mm-hmm. because just because he he doesn't care if people like him or not but he does but. So then he creates a whole Twitter war over that. Right, right. He he just, he really, I don't know. There was just something about that, his speech the other night that just really, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, to be best salesman, was, I mean, he really had me hook, line, and sinker with him. I was like, wow. I mean, if he can do this stuff. But then it was even more comical to me, too, because they, you never have seen a presidential press conference where they show the shot from behind the president to be, um, out to the, the floor where you see literally the room split on one half for everything he would say they would stand up and clap and the other half literally were just there they did no emotion <laughs> yeah people people like you read body language and you're like holy cow <laughs> yeah, it was very it was very interesting so but uh Nick who you got up for this week all right, first of all, though, on the Trump thing, I, I want to say that I think that it's a setup and that uh, I'm not really a conspiracy theory guy here, but I think that there's this dangerous thing going on where Trump is casting just enough doubt on the mainstream media that he's going to be able to pull something by us and we're not going to believe it because of that little seed of doubt. And that could be real dangerous for this country. So I can't vote with <laughs> on yours. But I wasn't expecting anybody to vote on mine, but go ahead. <laughs> but uh, on a lighter note, my vote was uh, Matt Damon because uh, – he took it all night long. He's just a good sport, and uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's a good one. That is a good one, and they have a history from Jimmy Kimmel's show. I mean, they've been doing that since like Jimmy Kimmel started his late night show, 
where like Matt's always bumped from the show week after week, even if he's not scheduled. I love that. I I love that whole thing when they and Sarah Silverman did the video with Matt, and then um, Jimmy wound up doing his video with Ben Affleck. It was funny. Yeah, that's good stuff. And under normal circumstances, I would go with Nick. I would go with Matt. But I just think that producer from La La Land really took control of that entire chaotic situation Mm -hmm. and was as graceful as humanly possible under the extreme circumstances. (laughs) How about you, Jeanette? Here you go. Uh, Well, now, I, I, and again, I could be wrong about this, but this is one person that I haven't heard, uh, celebrity-wise, to say very much about the election, post-election anyway. Uh, I'm going to go with Tom Hanks, who this week, oh. out of the goodness of his heart, decided to give the White House press corps another espresso machine. And the note that he sent along with it is, keep up the good fight for the truth, justice, and the American way. So there you go. And this is the third um, espresso machine he's given, and it is, not, it is not an anti-Trump thing. He did it in 2004 when Bush was president, replaced it in 2010 when Obama was in office, and, and has done it now. So he just cares about the White House press. Yeah, like I said, he, he hasn't. I haven't heard him uh, say anything post-election uh, about good or bad, one way or the other. He, he's one celebrity that's kept his mouth shut, <laughs> which is, you know, <laughs> keep your mouth shut, entertain us. That's all I ask. <laughs> I which care. means he's probably a closet Republican if he's keeping his mouth shut, honestly. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it, it's probably true. I no, I know you don't care, is. but I'm just saying in Hollywood, people care. So I'm saying because he kept his mouth shut, he's probably a closet Republican and just feels it's better to just keep his mouth shut. Right. I, I, you know what? I, I would be, even if he didn't give the espresso machine to the White House press corps, I would still be happy with him because he's keeping his mouth shut one way or the other. I don't care if he likes him or he doesn't like him. Just entertain us. That is your job. That is why you get paid. I don't want to hear their, their political statements. So there you go. Tom Hanks. Good man. <laughs> Tom Hanks is a good guy. Well, since we have uh, Moondog here, why don't, why don't we have uh, Moondog pick the winner? Boy, man, y- your memory is outstanding. Because I just <laughs> gave you my pick. I, I understand that, but I said I was letting you pick the winner. Well, I'm going with Kristen's, since oh. that was the one I also voted for. Yeah! <laughs> there you go. There you go. Wow. Awesome. Tom Hanks already has two consecutive awards. He doesn't need another one. (laughs) Tom Hanks always deserve more awards, but I'm going to agree with you. He didn't deserve an award tonight. (laughs) Watch tomorrow. He's going to come out and speak politically. (laughs) (laughs) And I... And I got to tell you, I would laugh. <laughs> uh, I don't think he will. So I don't think he it, will either. I'm he'll just, just entertain. I know. He'll just entertain. He just, <laughs> he's just entertain us. 
one way or the other. Just entertain us. <laughs> wow. So what do you got uh what do you have happening this week? Well, this weekend it is sleep is on the agenda. <laughs> Catching up on all the sleep I missed over the last two weeks. Looking forward to that and uh, prepping for Dancing with the Stars because it's coming up and it's coming up quickly. So there are a lot of things in the mix. I'll let you guys in on it soon. Yeah, so you're you've gone from busy to oh, how was your massage? Oh, it's great. It's so great. <laughs> it's like the best. It's just like food and like relaxation, food and relaxation. But I I need a little more rest. I feel like I'm a little bit. It, it just really was a very, very busy award show season, busier than normal. And then the Oscar night just kicked me. I was like, oh, my God, I have to work two more hours instead of going home now. <laughs> I created a lot more work for entertainment reporters that night. Let's put it that way. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. That's funny. Cool. Well, uh, it seems like you're, you're busy uh, time. You might get uh, time to give, maybe get another massage over the weekend, and then it's going to kick back in the high yep. gear. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. Well, all right. Well, we will be talking to you next week, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I we've been like on a high lately. Like, we've been having like pretty positive stories so far. This is good. Let's let's hope it continues. Don't you think? Yeah. Absolutely. You just jinx that. I know, right? I know, uh, I right? Just... Next week, we're wait. I know we're gonna have some sort of horrible death. It's terrible. Yeah, and then I would be howling at me. I did it. So, we'll be like, jinx. Cool. All right. Well, Kristen, thanks as always, and we will be talking to you next week. Sounds good. Take care, guys. You too. All right, there she goes, Kristen Burt. You can find her all over the world on social media. Find her on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, everywhere. Kristen Burt, K-R-I-S-T-Y-N. B-U-R-T-T. That's K-R-I-S-T-Y-N. B-U-R-T-T. So. Mm. So, Jimmy, you've never seen Rocky? Yeah. Well, that one. I I started going through the list, and I was like, what the hell? He's seen a lot of these movies. I know he has. Especially the seventies. You know, every movie. Yeah, every movie that won in the seventies is pretty much a classic. Well, yeah, but you know, I had never watched. I'd never watched the Academy Awards and didn't actually care about who won Best Picture. So I never knew who won Best Picture. But I went back, as I said I would, and I looked at the last ten years. I I have seen two thousand and seven was No Country for Old Men. I have seen that. There's a few right, days. right. So yeah, I didn't realize these any of these won Best Picture. So I know you had point. to have seen the other western too, right? Uh, Unforgiven won Unforg- Best Picture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've seen Unforgiven as well, and I never knew that one Best Picture. So I really didn't. But either way, doesn't matter. The best acceptance speech ever at these awards was Joe Pesci when he won for Goodfellas. Because he came up and said, thank you. And he walked off stage. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. 
So, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm trying to like find out what's going on with this whole uh, quiet riot singer thing because now Blabbermouth has picked it up. The PR guy has still not been given word yet. Like, what's going on? Oh, <laughs> uh, the uh, you guys have uh, seen they they cast Raz Al Ghul for uh, Gotham. Oh, Moondog is so excited. He's a great actor. I watched him his entire run on Deep Space Nine. He played uh, Julian Bashir, and he was fantastic in that. I'm still not going to watch yeah. Gotham. I haven't watched it much either. I still haven't I, caught up I, on it. I haven't been able to get into it this season. Yeah. Okay, you, you guys, at least two of you aren't going to uh... – listen to this because you don't watch the shows, but uh, I'm I'm just going to throw out there that the Chicago Universe shows were better than the DC Universe shows this week. Well, we had a private chat, Nick. Like, you know, obviously I don't watch the Chicago Universe shows, but I'll probably agree with that statement because I was really underwhelmed with The Flash. I was too. They just, I don't know if you saw them yet, Faye, but it was a four-way crossover, and they've had three of the episodes so far. You know what? I Yeah, I saw the three last night. So which, uh, is the fourth one tonight? Tonight, yeah. But those first three were tremendous. And, and you know, one thing that I really liked about it was, it just flowed. You know, they didn't stop each show to do, like, the new show intro and all that. They just right, right. Do, like It was literally a three-hour episode. Yep, and just amazing performances all around. Totally, totally. I, I mean, they've uh, they really hit that out of the park with that whole um, Chicago universe, as you said. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, that's what it is. Four shows plus, you know, crossovers. Which, I mean, I guess technically it's the Law and Order universe, but still. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's it's the Law and Order universe moved to Chicago, which makes me wonder, um, will this now sign the, the, the you know, the death or uh, close the casket on uh, SVU now? Well, uh, what's we'll Dick Wolf? Yeah, will he just totally uh, move to Chicago 100% now, or what's his deal? Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. I don't know. It may, may be. Because I'll tell you what, this year's SVU has been very, very lackluster. Well, it's been on the air for like, what, 20, 22 years? <laughs> uh, I think it's like 18. I think this is season 18, but still, yeah, I mean, that's a lot. That's a time. long time. But, yeah. I mean, last season you were excited. Last season was good. This one, it, there's yeah. really, it's just been there. You know what I mean? It, there's not, like, any right. real story going on throughout each episode. I mean, it's literally just episode to episode, pretty much. 
Yeah, and as far as DC week goes, I mean, you got to remember, too, it started off with Nick having to suffer through an hour of Dean Kane on Monday night. Oh, my God. As soon as he came on the screen, I said, he's the bad guy. You can't fucking trust Dean Kane. And that was exactly right. <laughs> and everybody was a dick to Monel. Well, yeah, okay we had to suffer that, through Dean. But... Yeah, I mean, we had to suffer through Dean Kane on Monday. Tuesday, the Flash. It was like I, I, I said it to Nick. It was like a forty-five minute slow, slow build to this epic fight that was over with in about sixty seconds because they ran out of their budget. And I wasn't even impressed I... with the ape fight. It just seemed like it was like a CD-ROM, or like really slow, you know what I mean? Like choppy? You know what? The apes looked great until they made them like really start moving and yeah. running. That's where they lost their, their whole thing. And then but Arrow, just, which I thought was a good episode, it just had a weird twist. Yeah, the twist really had me like just scratching my head. It just it didn't make sense to me at all. Especially when I think that the voice that they use for Vigilante is the guy that is the DA. Like, it sounds so close to him. Yeah, it does. And then it even, not even which guy he was going to be, but the fact that his whole plan is just stupid because he could have taken out Oliver at any point. Uh, can I say one thing? I have not seen last night's episode yet. Oh, man. <laughs> you find out you find out who Prometheus is. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, found out. But I haven't seen it either. Ooh. Which doesn't really make sense. To me. All right, well, I, tell me. I Now I want to know. Right, Are man. you sure? Yeah, yeah, because I'm not going to get to watch it until Saturday. I can't wait that fucking long. It's the DA. Yeah, it's really? technically yeah, Adrian Chase. Now, now the reason I say it's it's odd is because Adrian Chase is the name of the vigilante in the comics. Right, right. But so but, and, to and make actually, it for me, just doesn't make sense. No, and actually, they totally swerved you because you thought up until they revealed who Prometheus was that it was going to be Adrian. Like they led you right down that path. And uh, switched it at the last minute. That was it's it's crazy, and it, they still haven't told you who was in the vigilante costume. And then, as far as the flashbacks go, Taya just disappeared, and they've actually kind of been boring for the last few weeks. And I thought they were really strong this year. <laughs> yeah, I think they should have. Uh... Stuff with like the violence and stuff. This, the whole like Ratva meeting. Yeah. Stupid. That, yeah, they're just sitting around talking. Now, granted, they're talking about who they're going to kill, but it, that's what they're doing. Just getting back on the fucking island already. Exactly. <laughs> and bring back Slade before you fuck it up. Amen. Oh, but Hope. Oh, hey, guys, what about the. What about the. Uh, Implication that we could see Grodd again as a member of Task Force X. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's with Argus now, which means there could be a King Shark team up. <laughs> <laughs> but they might uh, not have the budget for that for both characters. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're going to start telling the people you got to bring your own lunch to these things. We cut off catering. I'll tell you, um, not this week, but last week, I think it was. I, it was uh, awesome to see China White back again. She's yeah. like the original villain. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's been there since the beginning of season one. That's it's amazing. I'm still waiting oh, for Nissa to come out. Yeah, well, then no you know legends what? this week, which stunk. Nissa yeah. hasn't been on all season because she has a uh, training day, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't think training day is going to get renewed. <laughs> Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> so maybe she'll be back next season. <laughs> so that means she'll be back on to uh, <laughs> on Arrow then. I sure hope so. Oh, man. So, uh... I'll tell you what, though. Honestly, if I'm being completely honest, I think my favorite show of the season is probably Legends. I didn't hear you because there's something playing. Who's strangling a fucking cat in the background? Janetti. <laughs> what were you saying about Legends, Nick? I was saying, honestly, if I'm being completely honest here, I think Legends is my favorite of the of the whole season so far because it's just a fun show. Yeah, you're right, and we've talked about that. It's just a fun show where you can turn off your brain. You don't have to overanalyze it because if you do, you'll get mad. Right. It's just a fun And that's what that show should be Like where Arrow should be in realism And the Flash, you know, more light And cartoony, even Supergirl To that degree Legends just has to be fun And that's all it is Now I kind of wish they've treated Malcolm Merlin A little better Instead of like a Three Stooges act But that's like a minor complaint I don't like it at all What they're doing with the three of them At first I was like, yeah Awesome, but it's like nuck nuck nuck. You know what I mean? And noogies and <laughs> it's, yeah. But as far as like the storytelling and where they're going and the characters, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, uh, I just like it's it's fun. Uh, I, that's all I have to say is I smile every time I watch it. And the chemistry between Citizen Steel and Adam are great. I, I just want to say how um, how good did uh, Iris the other night? Iris always looks good. I, Iris always looks good, but like there was something seriously hot about Sarah trying to bang Guinevere. Yeah, there sure was, <laughs> man. You know, it, it's funny. My, my daughter said, "Why is it in every?" Uh, time zone or every time or you know whatever they go to Sarah's always hooking up with girls <laughs> that becomes like the focus of every 
man. I love how they go to all these places to stop time from screwing up, and they just screw up time on their own benefit anyway. But I, honestly, though, you know, all the money this season goes to uh, Dominic Purcell for playing Rory. He has been out. He took a one-dimensional character from The Flash and turned him into maybe the best character on the show. Yeah, he's good. He's really good. And you know, uh, something real quick too before we take a commercial break. Um, well, two things. First one was uh, we were we touched on it. I think it was last week we were talking about. Um, I think his name's Tom Cavanaugh, who plays uh, HR. Oh yeah, yeah. And how you know he's played the different uh, a different character of the same person each uh, season. And this past week he played two of those characters on one episode. Yeah. I thought well, he did an amazing job when he was staying calm. Did you know what I mean? Because I was a little bit on edge. I was like, nah, he's planning something. Like, he did an amazing job of just radiating what he was supposed to be feeling. Right. And the previous week, he kind of played three different characters when he, like, when Grodd was speaking through him. Yeah, and he actually did the best job of that. Like I was telling Nick, like, like his mouth muscles and the way he just kind of presented himself as if he was Grodd. Right, his eyes sort of sunk in a little bit. Yeah, his speaking pattern. Yeah, that was good. I also love the fact he calls HR an idiot all the time. But how selfish is Jesse? We got three speedsters on Earth One and Earth Two, which has sentient, mind-controlling apes. Ah, you you guys are good. Yeah, because they don't have a Flash either. Remember, he's gone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, these guys don't need nothing. Oh, but hey, did anybody catch who was the Flash that Gypsy was handing the criminal off to? I think that was Acceleration Man. Oh, okay. That's awesome. So, all right. Well, let's um, let's take a commercial break. We're waiting for our guest to call in, uh, and we also have on hold a good friend of the show, uh, the one and only Mister Magic Mike. So, uh, when we come back, if uh, our guest has not called in, we'll talk to Magic Mike. See what's going on in the world of uh, Mike. So, uh, be back in three minutes. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. 
Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. All right, welcome back to the Gym Radio. And I just got to say, uh, hey, uh, Nick, that might be the funniest gift I ever saw in my life. <laughs> I I would not be able to I would not be able to listen to that and and look at that thing at the same time. I just couldn't do it without. I I would not be able to. I'm guessing he sent you guys the same one he sent me because I'm pissing myself. And, and also, oh, too, man. did you eat Did you eat the, your dinner? That the the picture of your dinner you sent me. I did, yes. I'm all finished. Dude, that is a that was a big fucking hunk of meat, dude. <laughs> uh, I mean, that shit was yeah, it was thick. a big one. It was a it was a, a 1.06 pound. Dude, I, I mean, it looked like it was like three inches thick. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, well, let's get let's, – he's been waiting patiently. Let's welcome him to the show, the one, the only, the host of Pro Wrestling Now, Magic fucking Mike. What's going on there, buddy? What is going up, guys? I just want to say I'm glad to hear that the band is back together. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're not on mute. You were, you were playing like some goofy music or something earlier. Oops. <laughs> he was playing Kaja Goo Goo. <laughs> yeah, right? No, actually, strangling a cat. No, I was uh, I was listening. I was watching the uh, the Justice League action, the new cartoon series they have on uh, uh, Cartoon Network has a a video game app, and I was watching the uh, trailer for. Oh, okay, okay, you're. But, uh, hey, you know, hey, hey, listen, I'm going to admit something to you guys here, and I don't want you to tell anybody this because we talked shit about this a while back on TV Nation. But uh, I don't do a whole lot in the morning, so I tend to sit here watching TV. And uh, I kind of love Teen Titans Go now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid, and it's not really the same as the comic book at all, but it is funny as hell. <laughs> oh man, go ahead, Bay. Um, oh, uh, you know, Mike. Uh, Mike was actually down here in Philly the other day, and he went on. It's it, it, which is hard to believe. Like I didn't even realize they had this until he told me he was going on it. They got the Rocky tour, and he, uh, him, and his cousins came down, and they went on the Rocky tour. Oh wow! Really? Mm. Yeah, it's called it's called the uh, Yo Rocky Film Tour, and the guy who does it, his name is Mike Kunda, and he actually he actually went down to the Victor Cafe where they were filming, uh, you know, for Rocky Balboa uh, Adrian's at the Adrian, you know, when it was Adrian's restaurant, and um, he met with the owners, they liked him, he met Stallone, and then before you know it. You know, he decided this is what he wants to do, do tours and stuff. But Mike's also a big wrestling, well, at least they say wrestling, we say wrestling, wrestling fan. And he grew up loving, you know, Superfly Jimmy Snooker. So uh, my cousins hooked up the tour for me. Uh, you know, they hooked up the tour for me as a nice gesture for all the work that I've been doing lately. And, uh, you know, it was just it was just cool that I got to look up my Kunda, you know, friend of on Facebook and, you know, talk to him. And then I, you know, got to go on the tour on, on Sunday. And uh, it was just beautiful to go and visit all the stuff that, you know, was filmed in an iconic movie like Rocky. Yeah, it's funny. Like, if you saw him, like, he put a bunch of pictures up. And, you know, a lot of that stuff was filmed down in the Kensington area of Philly, which is not the best. So I, I said to Mike, I said, you realize you were like in one of the worst neighborhoods in all of Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. no that, that's, that, that is really true, babe. Like, that's <laughs> – like, that you could have got a tour of Rocky and crack. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Hey, it's exactly. like, hey, it's like if I want to take people on a tour where Wu-Tang Clan used to shoot their music videos – we could, you know, we could go down to the worst part of Shallon. I could have stayed in, in Staten Island uh, for that, and I could have got them, you know. And also ladies, too. I know there were some, some ladies walking around there the day or the night or whatever. But How much did they charge you? What, for yeah, what, the ladies? 
Well, they identified as I actually charged them, so there you go. (laughs) I just want you to know that just because they identify as ladies (laughs) doesn't mean you weren't tricked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, no, no, as as we call it, no trick or treat. No, it was (laughs) it was no treat. That's how we call it. Don't forget too. I used to work at in Columbia Street which is Red Hook, which is the worst part of Brooklyn. And uh, we used to get them around our, you know, our way, and they were always scrounging around for water and stuff. But that's a different, uh, just for a different uh, podcast. But anyway, so, yeah, so I, did, I did the tour on Sunday, and I loved it. Um, you know what also I find fascinating about Philadelphia? There's Ben Franklin statues. There's all these different statues, but guess what? They're all lining up to stand next to the Rocky statue and take pictures. Don't blink. All right, ah, now, I got maybe, you, it's, maybe it's the because we're all from the Philadelphia area, that, that, but does anybody else, would anybody else rather hear about the whores scrambling for water? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, that's so funny. I think you bypassed the main story. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, okay, here's the, the main story. My uh, my cousin, actually, my cousin who we whom we went on the tour, who I went on the tour with, um, his 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 my uncles they owned the beer distributor, and my dad was the foreman for like 30 years there, and um, they they moved to Columbia Street, which is water and. They they used to come down from like Third Avenue in Brooklyn. A lot of the hookers, and we also we had we we had uh, we we distributed water as well, and and one of the kids that we used to work with, he said he was a pimp, and he used to bring these women down there for for water, and it would just be like you know can I get a bottle of water. And, you know, they would advertise what they do, you know, and, and it was ridiculous. So so that's it just was every time I turned around I had I had the fake pimp uh, you know, bring these women down and they would say, yo, can I get a bottle of water? It was ridiculous. And My some kingdom of them, and for some a big them, And kid. some of them were men. That's why I said, because some of them were men. Some of them tried to trick, and you know, it was actually we sent one of the helpers. Uh, there was a helper, a, a, a good guy, and he wanted a date. And I, t- I told the kid to bring the guy to dress up as a girl to see if he would notice. And and by the end of the day, uh, by the end of the day, I got word that he was looking for me. <laughs> My kingdom for a big red chair. Remember, Nick, you asked for that. <laughs> well, Janetti didn't. Janetti didn't ask for it. I tell you, Janetti loves me as as much as people love getting herpes. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. That's true. Like Come on, today. I, li- I, I do like you. I do like you. Only when you're sleeping, though. That's so, right. That's when people love me the best, when I'm sleeping or I'm doing other crazy stuff that's going on. But, uh, no, but you know what's, what's, 
what's also cool about the whole I love I, I tell you one thing though. I love Philadelphia. I went to Pat and I went to Pat I love Pat's King of Stakes, but I went there because, you know, the whole Rocky thing. But you know what I love the most? That Geno's is right across from there. I mean, it's like McDonald's or Burger King, you know, of the of the cheesesteak world. And I know I'm going to get into a debate, but everybody has their own favorite place. Gino's, Tony Luke's, shout out to Tony Luke's, by the way. Tony Luke's, Gino's, Pat's, uh, you know, it's just, it's, just, it's just great. You know what I say? If you're a fat guy or a big guy, go to all three of them. Hit them all up. That's what I used to do. Mm-hmm. Now, see, I'm going to agree with you on that because a bad cheesesteak is like a bad piece of pizza. I mean, it's, even when it's bad, it's kind of good. Right. Dude, I'll tell you, you know what I really want to do? And we talked about doing this, like, early on in the history of uh, Totally Driven Entertainment. Um, but it... it, it kills me that you're not fucking here, Nick, because you need to be here for us to do this. And that is just that, like picking a food, you know, and putting it together and and just fucking going through all that. You like a cheesesteak from every place and just... Right. Right, right. And the other night I had um, uh, this past Saturday... I went to go down to uh, South Street to put some flyers out and all for the show for tomorrow night. And on the way back, um, it was just me and my youngest daughter, Marissa. So I was like, you know what? It's like almost dinner time. How about if I stop over at Cash's uh, Bakery and grab some uh, some of their pizza, tomato pie, and stuff like that? So I go in there, and they're their tomato pie sucked. It used to be pretty good. It was it was bad. Like it was it was bad. But they have this uh white pizza. It's called Pizza Bizazz and it's got tomatoes and hot peppers and it's fucking out of this world and that was awesome. And um I got a cheesesteak stromboli, got some <laughs> pizzelles, uh I got pizzelles and I got some cannolis. And uh that night when I sat down to eat my cannoli blown away it was probably the best fucking cannoli i ever had and i was sitting there thinking like i want to do a cannoli fucking bracket thing who has the best cannoli because this can i don't know what they did there was something in this fucking cannoli that was making the the regut just tasted so good and it had i never had one of those what's that i said if you got it in kensington it could be cracked no, this is oh. We actually have a cash is right around the corner from me in Jersey. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, I, n- I never say, have that. Hey, say, that means uh, that means you're coming to Brooklyn or New York, right? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to come up there and check out some shit. Yeah, just uh, what do you call it? Just um, leave the gun and take the cannoli. There you go. Yeah, I don't deal with guns. I'll definitely hey, take the uh, Hey, I got I got something funny for you guys. I wanted to. I wanted to. I called Bay to tell him on the phone this this interesting little story. I got. I got. Can I tell this uh, quick Bruce Pritchard story? Yeah, go for it. All right. So, so, so um, I, I love, I love to listen to something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson. 
Conrad Thompson is like all over the place. He's really he's really cool. He's been on my show. He's a nice guy. So anyway, so they 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 talk about I'm listening to this one episode where they're just it's like asking about like rumors and innuendos. So uh earlier in the in the day I went to Pro Wrestling Tees and I ordered two shirts from Bruce Pritchard. I ordered a thing that's called the Box of Gimmicks which has all, like, the a box and, and all, like, you know, uh, like, Dusty Rhodes costumes and stuff. And then I ordered another one that said it's not a rib because, you know, it, with the same stuff, like, you know, with their, their costumes because a lot of people were saying, you know, the Big Boss Band was a rib, the Red Rooster thing was a rib. But anyway, so it, a couple – so I'm listening to the show. All of a sudden, I get a phone call. So I see restricted, right? So I'm like, you know, I answer my phone now 24-7 because God forbid it's – something important. So I answer the phone, the phone rings, and the guy on the other line goes, <clears throat> yes, hello, is this Mike Brar? Like, yeah. He's like, this is Bruce Pritchard, and this is not a rib. I'm like, and I saw these podcasts blasting out in the background. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, hold on, hold on, let me turn your show down. He's like, you're listening to my show? Yeah, I'm listening to your show. So we start talking about, you know, like a couple of different, different things. And, and, you know, I'm telling him, like, what I like, what I don't like. And anyway, so he calls me, he says, the reason why I'm calling you is to thank you for buying my shirts and stuff. I was like, are you kidding? I'm like, first of all, I thank you because you are an icon in this business. And then I reminded him, you know, that I met him in Philadelphia two years ago. And anyway, the whole point of the story was I was blown away that he also said to me he didn't think anybody would want to listen to his podcast. Is that that's that is that is crazy. So I definitely salute I definitely salute um Bruce Pritchard and, and guys like that and uh, you know, it's crazy. I think that's pretty wild he called you though. <laughs> yeah, and, he, and they they do that. Tony Schiavone does that. They call you and say thank you. It's like a thank you. It's like, you know, and, and I'm like, that's what I said. You know, and, and I mean, it was like a four-minute and 59 conversation, but it was awesome. It was just like, you know, and then, you know, when I told him I had my own podcast, you know, because Conrad was on it, he's like, you know, congratulations, man. You know, good, good luck. You know, keep on doing it, you know. And, it's, and you know, and then Conrad told me that he's going to come back on my show and, talk to me about, you know, what's going on in his world and and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I just am like, it's just like humbling when somebody calls you, especially Bruce, can I say, fucking Pritchard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially, I mean, no offense, but, I mean, you were totally marked out. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But you know what, though? I earned the right, bro. I, you know, and that's the other thing. People say, you know, you guys mark out. You know what? Damn right. I've been a wrestling fan, a true wrestling fan, from 1982. I, I never, ever, 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 ever gave up on it. I never said, I have a lot of friends that go, well, I used to watch it, but then when, when Papa Shango, you know, made the Ultimate Warrior throw up, it, it just didn't look real. So it's like, that's why you stopped watching it. Have you came back to it? No. So you just stop watching it, you outgrow it, that's all. And and I bought and this is the true story, I brought with me to Philadelphia a gift for for my conda, which was a Jimmy Superfly Slicker book. And he loved it. Oh nice. 
And he gave me a shirt, by the way, for it. <laughs> yeah, he's got his own shirt. He's got his own van. It, it's it's totally awesome. But I just want to say this. They, tomorrow night, fucking kill it, bro. This is big for the family. This is big for everybody. Everybody that's listening to my voice, this is something. Get behind. It's Those huge. fans tomorrow night are going to, they are going to kill it. If I had a car... If I if I had a car, which I have a car, but if I had if I didn't have my obligations, I'd be down there in Philadelphia with you, rocking it out. You know that's something I love. I love bands. I love music. Well, you need to set that goal for the big fifth anniversary party in May. Yeah, that's not gonna ha- that's not gonna happen, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. That that's not gonna happen. <laughs> I already know that's not gonna happen. Um, unfortunately, that's that's. I I would love to um, I would love to be there. Hey, you know, but uh, I got obligations. I got my family, you know, and that's the whole thing with me too. That you know, we're coming up on a we're going to be coming up on a year that my dad has three strokes, and my dad is doing phenomenal. My dad is doing wonderful, and people are coming up to me and they're saying it's because of you. It's not because of me. It's because he's got the well. He's got the will, and I always say he's got the eye of the tiger. But you know, at the end of the day, you know how it is, babe. You got family, you got to stick behind them. You know, right? That's why. I, that's why I, I always get invited. Listen, I got so many people that are telling me, "Yo, Mike, you need to be here at this show. I need you at this show. I need you at that show." I do one show once a month, and then and that's for Pro Wrestling Magic, and that's it. And I go down there, chill out with them. Come home, it's family time. I got a calendar, I got schedules, I got stuff, I got phones for my dad and my mom, and everything set up for them because they need me like I needed them, and you know that that's how it is. Yeah, you, and and I've told you, you're doing a hell of a job, man. You should be proud of yourself. Yeah, you know, I I am. I'm proud that my dad. I'm proud that my dad and my mother raised me, and I stuck to my my guns. You know, and uh, it's just it's just. This is what we need to do, and we're doing it. And just like Totally Driven Radio, we're we're kicking ass. We are kicking ass. We are taking names. Next week, I'll be back on the air. Last night, I had some things I had to take care of, but next week, I'll be back. Mojo, Mojo, what can we say about our friend? He's kicking ass. You guys, uh, we got it all, man, on this station. And tomorrow night, it's going to be rocking out time. And uh, I can't wait. The people at the Tusk are going to love it. I'm just so proud of you guys. And, Bay, you know, I, I did just say, you know, when I say we're family, bro, I love you and I got you back. You know that. Also, Kelly, I got to give a shout-out to my man, Chris, man. Chris Kelly kills it. Kills it. CK is the man. He'll be back on Monday. Kills it. Him, Big Daddy. What can I say, man? We're just, you know, and this is, and this is, like you said, this is the Totally Driven. We, we could call it the Army. We could call our fans the Totally Driven Army. We could call ourselves a family, but we're killing it. And also, shout out to Jess. Jess, killing it. Totally. I, I hate to take your totally, but I find myself, hey, I find myself saying totally now. Very good. Well, Mike, I'm going to let you go because we're going to move on and 
Oh, yeah, no problem, Bay. I just wanted to call up and chit-chat with you guys a little bit and, and just, like I said, plug for tomorrow night. Tell everybody to get their asses down there, Philadelphia, city of brotherly love, city of Rocky. Get down there. Support Holy Driven Radio Rocks and stuff. I, I love it. Good, good luck tomorrow night, Bay. I will be talking Thanks. to you. Guys, hey, uh, guys, it was great talking to you. Jeanette, keep up the good work, and I know you, I know you love me, brother. And uh, Mr. Nick, take care, brother. Hope everything's well with you. Is he gone? No, he's not gone. He's waiting for a response. Oh. Bye. Well, there you go. All right, guys. Take it easy. <laughs> Bye, guys. I'll talk to you, babe. Keep up the good work. Nick's, Bye-bye, buddy. Nick's call dropped. That's why he didn't answer. No, he didn't. I think he hung himself. (laughs) (laughs) What the? Uh, Where's my big red chair when I need it? Oh, man. Or the big red button. So, all right, let me see what the hell's going on here. Wah-wah-hoo. Looks like we've been blown off by the wah-wah-hoogie guy. Oh, uh, that's a shame. I, you know, and I'd like to tell you that there are three that I know of in this, in, in I'll say, a 30-mile radius uh, of me, three new wah-wahs that are opening next month, or this month, actually, within the next month. I am going to be big as a house. <laughs> oh man, oh man! It, it's quite different from like the ten wawas I have within a half mile of my house. Oh no, no! But you know, you've always had them there. I haven't and that, been, and that's why I'm still fat. Wawa radius of of ten minutes since 1991. I'll tell you the thing I do miss about Wawa is way back in the day, you could actually get your lunch meat there. Yeah. Like your half pound of ham, your pound of cheese, and you can't do that anymore. I kind of do miss that. They did overcharge, but it was the convenience. I don't know the last time I bought even uh, sliced sandwich meat. (laughs) Well, I got to because I got a kid. That will be 17 this year, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick Nick is hitting it out of the park. So whatever happened to his call, I'm sorry. <laughs> Nick's hitting him out of the park. This day. Uh, Where is it? Oh, and my phone died waiting for it to reset. That's what oh. he said. So there he is. Did, did you guys hear that Wawa Hoogie song? Huh? Did you hear the Wawa Hoogie song? The rap song that that dude did? No. No. Uh, Moondog, did you hear it? You don't, you don't, no. You don't, have, you don't, you don't have to. You don't have to. I, 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 you can. Well, never mind. I'm with Jimmy. <laughs> 
I'm going to play the song. For the guy who blew us off. All right, next one. You there? Yeah. Oh, what's up? No, I had to restart my phone. I don't, there was just this annoying bullshit in my ear, and I couldn't figure out what it was. So I restarted my phone, and it took a minute for it to like. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? You know what it was? It was so bad, even Nick's phone quit. Like, fuck this. <laughs> I was just given notice by my cousin. Um, a few of my cousins actually work for Wawa up in the northeast section of Philly, and uh, they are uh, going down to your area, Mr. Gennetti, to uh, help with the grand opening of three new stores down there. Hey, tell them, tell them, you know, if they're in the West Palm area, that I will be visiting them shortly. <laughs> they're going to be in, the, in South Beach, Florida area. Is that near you? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, they'll be down there for a week, uh, in a few weeks. March, they'll be down. March 23rd, 24th, or 25th, I think. Yeah, they'll Was be there the from the 20, to the 26th. So. Now, now there is there is a, uh, a Wawa in Stewart, Florida, which is probably about 45 minutes up the road from me. Uh and I did go visit that one last about two weeks ago. So, and I got that cheesesteak mac and cheese bowl. Oh my god! You love them things. Oh my god, that's fucking awesome! I'm, I'm gonna be huge as a house by the time this is over. Between the hoagies and the tea and the, and the mac bowls, I am screwed. See, I tried one of them bowls and I wasn't impressed with it. No. Now I would I would rather see a cheesesteak bowl minus the yellow cheese because they use the yellow cheese obviously right, for right. mac and cheese. Um, if they were to use like an American cheese, oh. But anyway, <laughs> either way, still. I like the other day I had a – now, usually I get I, – I love their um, their breakfast sandwiches, not not like the ones that you get like it's fasting. Like I like the, the scrambled egg sandwiches on a, on a hoagie roll. Yeah. Usually I get like ham and cheese or um, bacon and cheese or just plain egg and cheese. Um, but they have a bowl of that too. So the other day I was like, you know what, let me just try the bowl and cut out the bread. And I, I was so disappointed. It was just, because, you know, it was all water. I was so pissed off. I hate when there's water in eggs. Like, what the fuck? 
and I got cheesesteak and um, or I got steak and egg. And they don't even give you the option to put cheese on it, which really rubbed me the wrong way, too. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I actually like the uh, breakfast sandwiches they actually have at the checkout. Yeah, I do, too. The problem is sometimes they make them two for three dollars, and then you're just gonna keep being fat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It is amazing though how far. Like, remember when Wawa really started first serving food? Like, it wasn't even their own food. They they like started right. getting um like Pizza Hut pizzas and Taco Bell stuff. I remember it was a big deal when they finally introduced hot dogs. Yeah, right. <laughs> kind of funny. So, um, we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, so I'll throw it out there now. Did, did you want me to give you the the, the whole surgery uh, thing? I know Nick was curious at one point to hear about it. Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so actually it was two weeks. Yes. Tomorrow, two weeks from tomorrow. Um, I had the surgery on my neck and I had a a biopsy done where they removed a lymph node out of my neck to uh, do a biopsy. So now the weird part was going into this, the surgeon, when I initially met with her, she said like literally like on the side of my neck, like in the meat of the middle of the neck, you know what I mean? Like, that's where she was going in. So that was kind of, like, fucking freaky. Like, I was like, wow, this, that's yeah. going to hurt. You know what I mean? Um, and then the day or two before when I went for the pre-testing stuff, um, the woman said, oh, no, 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 it's going to be down here, like, down by my collarbone. I was like, oh, all right, well, I can deal with that. So that's cool. Um, it ended up being between the two. I mean, it's literally, like, right on the crease of my neck. Um so I got there, and it was at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, which who the fuck schedules a surgery for 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Especially when it's a fat guy, and they tell you you can't eat from midnight the night before. So I couldn't eat You know what I mean? All fucking day. I couldn't even drink water. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's with any surgery. Yeah, like, at least, like, oh, it was killing me. So... I go through the whole fucking day, and um, I had to be there at one thirty. So get there, and they right away they just bring me into a room, and they're like, they give me a hospital gown. I'm like, oh fuck, I got to do like a total hospital gown thing. They're like, uh, yep, you know, just get completely naked and put the gown on and just lay in bed. I'm like, oh. then I'm like, I can't even keep my underwear on. Like, why do they need my fucking shit hanging out because I'm like all weird about that to shit. To molest you? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to like laugh at my junk and all this stuff. So Just enjoy the breeze. Put it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I get in and uh, I'm laying in the bed and, and now the funny part is like, you know, my wife comes with me and um, a good buddy of mine, his wife came along too and my buddy came along for a little bit and he had to leave and he came back later on. Um, but my buddy's wife, like she didn't tell him <laughs> she snuck in, uh, she had uh, a bottle of water 
which was actually a bottle of vodka. And in the other bottle, she had uh, she had a bottle of Sprite. So they're like mixing drinks in the waiting room, waiting for me to get done with the surgery. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that was a little interesting. So I'm in I'm in the room, and you know, nurses are fucking. It was, you know, it was retarded. Like all these multiple nurses come in, and every one of them, they look at you and they look at your um, bracelet. They ask you what your name is what your birth date is and what surgery are you getting? Like I, I was asked it about a dozen times before I even went into the fucking thing. So I, I want you to know that they do that because of the number of times that they fucked up. <laughs> like that's a, a direct result of that though. Okay. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> that's a it really is. <laughs> So they do they do all that, and the surgeon comes in and she talks to me. And after she came in, and t- I was like, "All right, this, you know, this isn't going to be that bad." Um, the anesthesia guy comes in, he gets me situated, trying to get like the fucking um, the the IV in my arm going so they can give me the, the the good juice. And usually, my left arm is better veined, and that's where they usually always take blood and all that shit from me. Well, they were trying to put it in my hand, and it just was not working. So next thing I know, this other nurse, she gets all up in my face on my right side. Meanwhile, while the other girl is on the left side, still like poking around my fucking hand, going, I think I got it. Nope, that's not it. I th- nope, that's not it. And then this other lady just comes on, and she starts stabbing me with fucking needles in my right arm. I'm like, this is fucking insane. And... Next thing I know, she's the, the girl on the right's like, I got it. So uh, they hook up the, the fucking IV, and he's like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to put some other stuff in there to make sure you like you don't get sick or whatever afterwards, so uh, you'll be good to go. I'm like, all right. So they, they fucking do that, and they're like, all right, we're going to wheel you into the room. I don't remember leaving that fucking room. Like, <laughs> from the time they said that, they took the locks off the wheels and I start, I might've moved three feet and I was out. I don't remember going into a fucking surgery room. I don't remember nothing. I wake up and um, I'm in a different room now. And I hear this fucking lady hollering at me to breathe. And I'm hearing the, the beat, the, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, is going on because I'm not breathing because of my sleep apnea. So now I'm like, I'm coming through and all that. And I'm like expecting to feel like pain and shit. And there was nothing. Like I didn't feel no pain at all. And I'm like, fuck, it, it's got to be like from all the, you know, anesthesia and all that shit. So like, the the worst part of it was just like my mouth was just so dry. I just needed something to drink very badly. Um, but I had to stay in the recovery room for like, I think it was probably about a half hour, 45 minutes. And every so often that thing would start beeping again because I wasn't breathing. And she'd start hollering at me to breathe. And then she was hollering at me about uh, getting back on my sleep apnea machine and all that. Um and, and that was, like, pretty much it. Like, after that, like, after, like, that 45 minutes, they wheeled me back into the room, and everybody was in there waiting, my niece, my nephew, 
uh, Jess, my buddy's wife, and then my buddy showed up and um, hung out for like an hour, drinking a bunch of ginger ale and eating crackers. And um, I asked if I can go to Chicky and Pete's to get some beer and crab fries. <laughs> and, and they said that we would not suggest that because uh, you have not eaten. And between that and the anesthesia, you'll probably end up getting sick. So uh, I end up going to Wawa, <laughs> having a, a Wawa sandwich, and uh, went home and yeah, tried to sleep and didn't. But that was it. And even like in the days afterwards, I never felt any fucking pain at all. Very uncomfortable, and could barely sleep the first couple of days. But zero, I can honestly say zero pain. It's a good thing. All right, all right, but let's take the let's take the story back a little bit, okay? And, okay. And you're Bay, you're Bay Ragney, you're in, you're talking to your doctor, and your doctor's like, you got this inflammation, and we got to deal with it, and you're thinking, oh, that's fucked up, but it's manageable. And then he goes, so I'm going to refer you to an oncologist. What what goes through Bay Ragney's mind at that moment? Um, but. Literally sick to my stomach, panic, um, oh, fuck, um, this is it, here we go, uh, get ready for the ride. So you were, I mean, and, and, and of course, you know, we talked during this time and stuff, but you, I mean, you were convinced that this was it, that the worst was about to happen. Totally, totally. Like, and I, and I've, I said to you, and I've, I've said to, to um, probably. I mean, I guess a lot of people uh, that I've always have thought this way. Um, you know, since I was a kid, from from what I've gone through with um, losing both my parents, especially my father, like I, I've had like this mindset, I guess, or or just way of thinking since I was a little kid that uh, you know, like it was just destined to happen to me. So that's been like my biggest fear, especially as I've gotten older, especially being a father and all now, like getting. Um, you know, get, ha- having cancer and having to go through all that and having to sure. deal with that with my children. Yeah. So, and that was okay, my... Fast forward to after the biopsy. Tell me about the moment that you find out that it's, that it's not. You know what? Uh, it, it, like, the, the whole like, leading up to it and the test and all, it was literally like a roller coaster back and forth, like some days I felt like I don't have it. Some days I felt like, okay, I do. And leading into it, like, I was on the back on the mindset, like, ah, oh, fuck, I, I do. But once I literally came out of it and I, I didn't feel no pain, like, that was such a positive thing for me. Like, I, I felt like I didn't have it. I felt like I was on a good thing. But then in between those few days, like, you know, it, again, it was still the roller coaster. But we found out um, the following Tuesday, so four days now, later. Did you find out in person or over the phone? No, actually, um, I, you know, I, I told them all, like, I, I signed paperwork and all, like, just call Jess and tell Jess. Like, or if, it, if it's bad, <laughs> you, know, you know, bring us in. Because I hear shit so half-assed and, and you know. Then then she'll like sit and question me like what about this and this and this and this, 
And she's so right, thorough with right. Like, uh, you know, and I'm half-assed. And I'm like, you know what? Like, just give the, the things to her and she'll break it down and she'll dumb it down for me. So that's what, that's what happened. Like, they called and they talked to her. Well, actually, she started calling them Tuesday morning and breaking her balls. So by Tuesday afternoon, they had results and they called her and told her what it was. And so was it Jess that broke the news to you? Yes. Yes. So a, a, a straight up moment of truth. She calls me. She says, "It's not cancer. Do, do, you, do you cry? Do you shit yourself? What happens?" Um. I'm trying to think where the fuck I was. Work, probably. No, that's the weird part. I can't remember where I was. No, I because I went back to work. When, maybe it was Wednesday. Maybe it was Wednesday because I remember her texting me and telling me. Like, uh, yeah, oh, she like, so either way, wherever you were, what was your reaction? <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> like, yeah. like it was like, yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> that's, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, like, all right, that's a relief. Like, all right. I just, because I, you know, because I was so, like, um, up and down with it. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't think I had it. Like, it was, it was just weird. But it, the thing that pissed me off, though, like, they told me I have this sar- sarcoidosis or whatever the fuck it is. And, um... Yeah, it's literally the, the, the only thing on house that it never was. Right. But the, the fucking... The surgeon, when I met with her the week before, and she was sitting there with us and going over um, all my scans and all that shit, Jess said to her, well, do you think it can be the sarcoidosis? And she said, no. Ah. And that's what it ended up being. I I would ask for a refund. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I, I met with the pulmonary doctor today who I had to go meet with with this whole sarcoidosis stuff. And here, this whole fucking shit is like a, uh, uh, like a domino effect. Like, it, it turns right. out this shit relates, like, partially back to um, my sleep apnea. I was going to ask you, because it's pulmonary, is it, collected, is it connected to the sleep apnea? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it relates back to sleep apnea. And... Um, yeah, he's he's going to have me go through for a, a new mask now, and he's going to have me. Um, like he's sending me for more friggin' tests, and but it was. Have like, you have to do another sleep study? Uh, you know what? I, I might have to. That's what this dude's saying. He said actually, he sent me up to to fucking do something at home, where they'll put something on my finger, and have like have me sleep with this thing on my finger to oh, I guess wow. read. Yeah, and they'll be able to get a reading from that, and like he's gonna get me set back up on my machine again, get me new mask. You know, he he's like, dude, hey, you know, don't know, and I don't, I don't know what a good night of sleep is. He's like, so we got to get you situated and and sleeping regular, and he goes, I can get you on the proper patients and all. You know, within two months, I can probably get this sarcoidosis like crap knocked out of you 
he said, but you, you could have had this for 20 years, and it just started showing up recently. Right. Or it might have been showing all along, and you didn't know until you started getting all those tests on my back and shit. So, but it's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. <clears throat> so, actually, we, we have uh, we got a call here. I'm wondering if, let's see. Is this our wah-wah hoagie guy? This is not. This is your cousin Bobby, who's better than the Wawa Hoagie guy. Oh, However, you know, fuck that Wawa Hoagie guy. Good. What's up, Bob? <laughs> Listen, I can't say fuck Wawa because you know my family's gainfully employed there. But I just wanted <laughs> to say, like, we're so happy that you're okay. And the reason you weren't in pain after the surgery is because I called and I said, "Listen, if you don't want a march of the big cousins up there, you better not have him be in pain." And so I think he. <laughs> Heated my advice. <laughs> uh, you, you know what? And it's it's kind of weird. Like um, one thing that like through all the all that like which really floored me um, was the outpouring of people from both family and friends through Facebook. Like I really didn't put too much out there. Like Jess was the one who once she put it out, I was like, oh well, yeah, I might as well fucking put something out there. Um, right. Right. But so many people either um, commented or messaged me privately, and it was just weird because they all said the same thing. And I'm not a, a religious person really at all. Like I, I've had, you know, my doubts and all that goofy stuff for years, and my anger and stuff. But so many people turned around and said to me, "Our prayers were answered, and God is good." And it was just like a guy. It, it took, gave me like a few steps back because it was like. Yeah. All right, one person. But then when it's like a couple dozen people are saying this, it's like, wow. Like, yeah. It was very no, touching. I, people did yeah, that. We were, yeah, we were very, very, very in touch with Jess. And, you know, you know, we were, I, well, I don't know about we. I, I, I can say we, me and Frankie, because we were, yeah. like, afraid to even get you upset. So we were kind of tiptoeing around you. So we were, like, in contact with Jess a lot. And, you know, praying and, you know, put into the pink nuns like I always do for everybody. And, you know, so they know about you in the situation. But, I mean, you know, overall, the the, the, the thing is you were in good hands and, and, and it, it's a good thing. Whether it's a higher being, no matter what that is. It's some, for some people, it's a rock. So whatever that higher being is, you know, it's it's a good thing. And thank God because, you know, you're a big part of our family. And, you know, I, I don't want to consume the show, but since the Wawa guy was a no-show, I figured I'd call in and tell everybody, like, we love you and we're glad you're okay. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. And I love you, too. All right. And I... we'll talk soon. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. Hi. Okay. So, listen, babe, if you need anything, call. But, you know, I've been talking to Jeff, so I'll be in touch. Hey, we're going to be up, uh, up in your neighborhood on Saturday evening. Oh, this Saturday. I got to yeah, I got to swing by uh, Whiskey Tango and look at uh, look at their banquet room. So we're we're going to go there after probably like six o'clock or so after everybody gets done work. We're going to swing up there. Um, call maybe me you want... yeah, yeah, literally it's a half a block from my house. So call me. Yeah, we maybe we could do something Hooters or something. Did, I, I think they got food there, don't they? Oh, do they have do they have food at the Tango? I don't even know. I don't know. Ten so many times. I'm. I, I don't even know. But if they do, yeah, I come. I come down. I come right there. All right. Cool. Yeah. We'll talk. And all right. Let me know. All right, bud. Thanks, cuz. Love all you. Right. See ya. Love you. See ya. Bye. There's my cousin, Bubby. She's the best. 
<laughs> she should do a show. She really, I'll tell you what. When we uh, when we go away, like on our family vacations and stuff like that, she just has everybody in fucking stitches when she tells stories and shit. <laughs> She's fucking hysterical. That's awesome. Oh man, it, it was. It, I, Yo, I'll tell you. What. Oh, go ahead. So this Wawa hoagie dude didn't call in. Nope. This motherfucker. He's, now he's singing for fucking sticks. What's with these assholes? <laughs> oh yeah, man. I, Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you I, know what? And not not for nothing, but when I saw the lineup of the show, I didn't. I I saw the spelling of rapper, but I didn't really put it as a guy who raps. I thought he was like you actually were bringing on a sandwich rapper. Right, right like, <laughs> like he was a sandwich rap. artist. Yeah, the sandwich, the sandwich guy that wraps the fucking hoagie. <laughs> oh my god! That's what happened. That's why he couldn't call in. He missed his shift at Wawa. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was thinking, hey, maybe they sent him down here to help uh, to help get these stores ready. <laughs> Show these people how to wrap hoagies. Oh, yeah, it's, it's funny. Uh, you know. Honestly, I had a feeling that was going to happen because I hadn't heard from him all week. We, we talked uh, a week ago when we got everything booked, and uh, he never uh, responded to any of the tweets and Facebook things we put out there to promote it. And when I sent a message this morning, and he saw it. He read it. Didn't call in. Oh, well. Now, is this something he did for Wawa as far as no, nah, dude. He did it on his own, and no, it, it's not a very. It's not a like. I mean, it, it's funny. Like the the song is about like literally like getting uh, getting high and getting drunk and going to Wawa in the middle of the night and getting your Wawa hoogie. Well, I could have done that the other two weeks ago. I had no idea exactly what the fuck that was like. <laughs> Hell, I yeah. did the same thing and drove all the way to friggin' uh, Steve's in the Northeast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that state made it back to the friggin' hotel. Too funny. Yeah, so, uh, um... Yeah. The fuck the Wawa, who you got? Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> well, around here, when you're fucked up like that, you don't go to Wawa to get a hoagie. You go to a diner because most of these diners around here also serve alcohol. Hmm. Oh man, I, I could go for a diner right now, man. Like just a giant plate of breakfast food. Hmm. I eat about seven hundred pancakes. After that hey. big ass steak, you finished. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. National still. Pancake Day next the next Tuesday, I think. Oh man, I'm go. I'll go to IHOP. They must have a sale. The sale, you get a free short stack of pancakes. Oh my God, I'm gonna invent type four diabetes. <laughs> oh. What did you, you said something the other day about 
some food place that just fucking had me in stitches. What's that? I'm trying to remember. It was a food place the other day, and you, oh, what the fuck? And I, I read, I think I think you uh, was a status or something, and I, I or maybe it was a message. I remember reading it and just fucking laughing hysterically out loud. Was it the Oreo thing? It might have been. I just said this will be the death of me. No, no, it wasn't that. No, no. And it was a picture of my fucking Oreo. That was the most amazing snack I've had this month. <laughs> hey guys, guys! I was, I was just reading something. So y'all, I know you, Bay and uh, Nick. I don't know if you're an Eagles fan or not. Uh, but if you're not, even help us out here. Uh, I I just read that Colin Go Suck a Dick is is becoming a free agent, <laughs> and for some reason, the Eagles Tony. like to hire these. Huh? The Eagles like to hire these stupid and in battling uh, quarterbacks. You know, Michael Vick. All, all these idiots that they've hired over the last few years. So let's right, all get right. together and make sure that these morons don't fucking hire this idiot. Well, they, uh, because all the other times they didn't have a starting quarterback or they weren't uh, confident in one. I mean, they got a starting quarterback, so they're not going to do that. I hope not. God help us. But it's also been said, you know, now maybe this this idiot realizes that, you know, uh, pissing off future bosses probably wouldn't be the brightest idea. But he's now saying he will no longer uh, he will no longer protest the national anthem. Yeah, because now he wants a job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, they were paying that moron $14 million. Yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. Money thrown in the trash right there. And and did he play even once this year? Or this past year? I had never watched the San Fran game. I don't like it. He did, but it was sparingly. See, he doesn't oh. need to sit down for the national anthem because he sits down for most of the game. There you go. Yeah, he should want to stand up. God bless the morons that are fucking paying me. What do you know what I, I there was a question I fucking ask. Who the hell is the cash out girl? I think that's what she's called that I keep hearing about. Who the fuck is she and what is she? Are you serious? You, know, I keep, you really don't know who that is? No, dude. I keep hearing it. I'm like, yeah, who the fuck is it? Oh, wow. There, There's a bay. There, there's a girl. Even I know about this, which is sad. I know about this. I don't know why. Uh, but there was this little 13-year-old girl that was on Dr. Phil or something. Um Claiming basically, her mother was claiming she's out of control. She's got a big mouth. She's doing this. She's doing that. She, so it, she talks like, um, how do I say this politely? 
Mm. A chicken she head. She like a faucet on the corner. Everybody okay. get that? So it, instead of some some person stood up in the audience and, and you know, said that they'd like to knock her out or whatever the case was, and she said, cash me outside. Instead of saying, catch me outside, she said, cash me, cash, C-A-S-H, me outside. And for some reason, this, this dingling fascinated the American public. So much so that she even made a video to cash me outside. All right, so I sent you, Bay, the original link in uh, the private chat. And if you watch it, you're more brain dead than I am. <laughs> well, he doesn't uh, know what it is. <laughs> no, no, that's why I just explained to him what it is. If you watch it, that's your own fault. Uh, let me see here. Ain't nobody going to. Because you're too streetwise? Yup. And all these hoes laughing like so funny. Talking about the audience. That they're laughing at her. Did, did you say the, the the hoes are laughing? Yep. So the audience are a bunch of hoes? Yep. <laughs> Catch me outside. How about that? Huh? Catch me outside. How about that? Catch you outside? What does that mean? What I just said. What the fuck was that? Yes, yeah, she's yeah. basically like a piece of shit that got idolized. Hey, this is this is hey, this is where the the generation of the next generation is going. And you know what? Honestly, they used to say that we we're like, you know, the generation is worse than the generation before. And I and I used to take offense to that because I was like, you know, ah, we're, but it's true, it, it's it's so true, and it's our fault now. No, it's it is. It's fault. totally our fault. Yep, you're fucking absolutely right. I mean, they're paying this little snail trail forty thousand dollars to appear at festivals. Stop yeah. it. Seriously, it's but it's Come our on, fault. Dude. We made the we made this generation. Our generation right now has made that generation. Hey, the girl's they're fourteen years old, so it's it's our you know our generation that has created this uh, this 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 ignorant. I, I don't know what the hell to say. <laughs> You're a hundred percent accurate. You know, like I the first time I saw her was like a week or so ago on. Um, on TMZ, they showed her walking through the airport, and they were talking to her about the Kardashians. And I'm like, who the fuck is this cash-me-outside girl? Like, I had no idea what the fuck this was all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, too, was I too was ignorant until some video was posted on Facebook that, you know, you scroll past them, and they automatically start. Right. So I was like, "What? Cash me outside? I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it." 
See, I know. This is this is why I didn't have children. It really is. <laughs> you know, because the first time that that little twitch opened her mouth to me like that, her new name would be Paint, and she'd be hanging on the wall somewhere. <laughs> Now the other no, one I wanted to not, yeah. now hold on though you know that if she had the balls to go on TV to go on Doctor Phil and to say that you can imagine the way the parents get treated at home right? Yeah, yeah, that's all right. The parents yep. broken jaw, no teeth. Don't worry about <laughs> them fucking. Don't worry about them braces, darling. You ain't gonna need them. I promise. Plus, if Jimmy had kids, he would never have to ask the question, where did you learn how to do this? Yeah. Never, ever. He'd know the answer. Ne- yeah, never, ever. The uh, the problem, yeah, the problem, go ahead and call child services. Let him take you away. That's, I don't need you. <laughs> you know? No, I hear you That's on that. Else pay for that. I, no, I'm with you on that though. I mean, I told my daughter, I said, you, you know, same thing. If you want to call child services, go ahead. I just hope they fucking get here fast enough. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and if they, you know, even if they do, they take you away. I don't have to pay for it anymore. <laughs> Bye. See if you get TV and 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 bed rights from from them. Go ahead. Idiot. <laughs> I'd take my kid away. I'd be like, whoa, I just earned $17,000 in tuition I don't have to pay. My ass is going to Japan. Right. Now, the other thing that I've, I've been seeing a lot of people like on social media talking about, and I don't know what the fuck it is, is um, it's a TV show called This Is Us. Yeah, definitely, definitely. One of the biggest shows of the year. Yeah, what's that about? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I've never never seen it either. Now, I know it's something to do with... uh, There's a show that I want to compare it to, and I can't remember the name of the show. Parenthood. Maybe, yeah, that's it. That's it. Me and you are on the same wavelength there. I, I got you. But yeah, Bay, it's basically about like this brother sister brother combo. One of them's a adopted black guy, and like it mostly takes place in the present. And there's like some flashbacks about like how their parents met and how they, you know, had twins and then adopted a third baby. And it's it's not really like a show where it's really about anything, you know what I mean? It's just like their 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 lives. Like like the one son is a like a famous actor. He was on this show called The Manny and uh it's just like a well acted show is what it is what it turned out to be. That's the one with uh, Tom Hanks's kid, right? No, that is oh. uh Life in Pieces, right? Yeah, see I that's, mix those two names up. That's yep. a comedy. This is us is a hardcore drama. I mean, gotcha. like they they're making people cry every week. Like 
Mm. I know it's like very popular with the female population. Yeah, I mean, Mandy Moore got a Golden Globe nomination for it. Uh, Sterling K. Brown, he got a SAG. I, he might have even won. or no, he, I know he was nominated. But it's got, I, I mean, the acting is phenomenal. Hmm. It's just like family drama, you know what I mean? I've never seen it either. But... If they lived in a bigger house, it'd be Falcon Grass. <laughs> oh, now you got my interest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you should have said General General Hospital for Bay to get interested in. Right, right. <laughs> you know what? I haven't, oh, I haven't been in hospital really in years. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of shit out there that just doesn't need to be. Speaking of very well reviews, anybody seeing Logan this weekend? I won't see it this weekend, but I'll see it eventually. I'm going tomorrow. Yeah, you you like being crowded in with the the worst type of people. Yeah, no, yeah it doesn't real. bother me. I, but I mean, I I get recliner reserved seats, so I'm in my own little yeah. world with my kids. So, yeah. I I prefer I prefer waiting like two weeks and going. Like, especially around here, because if you go to the 10 o'clock showing on a Tuesday night around here, you you, you could listen to pin drops in that, in that theater. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> All the old people are sleeping. There you go. There you go. You know, it's scary. Somebody uh, just actually shared out a story um, about that Cash Me Out girl that she's on track right now by the end of the year to be a millionaire. Mm. That's fucking crazy. I hate from that Liberty Networks. That's sad. Uh, you know what? And it just it really it really does uh, talk about the state that we uh, as a people are in. That that we could be so interested in, in basically a foul mouth little git that. You know, uh, other countries laugh at us now. We're trash. (laughs) They laughed at us before. Yeah. (laughs) That's nothing new. Now they now now they point and stare. (laughs) Now they point and stare. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, oh man. Because so, it's not funny anymore. It's really not. No, nah, it's pathetic. It really is. It's gotten pathetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you, you've got to wonder. you got to wonder how fake it is. You know? If this girl is maybe, you know, you, you can have somebody that that, that's stupid. But there is. I, I just can't... Why are people paying her $40,000 for an appearance? What does she do? She's like celeb pop famous, you know? She's Kim Kardashian to a lesser extent, you know what I mean? 
I mean, no offense, Bay, but it's just like Mob Wives. And I know you love that show, but what did they do? Right. No, I mean, you're you're right to a degree, but at least they, they I mean, they were on a TV series. You know what I mean? Like, they were, re, quote unquote, reality stars. But Yeah, yeah but see, that's what you don't, I don't think you really grasp the magnitude of Instagram and Snapchat these days. It, that's what it is. That's what it is yep. now. It's exactly as, as popular, if not more, than that. That for all intense, intense purposes, she is on the biggest reality show in the world, Instagram. Yep. That's weird. Which and it's basically uh, people that, that that are famous or can't be famous that make themselves famous. So they put up these these stupid pictures or nude pictures or anything. I have never been on Instagram. I'll never be on Instagram. I'm lucky I'm on Facebook. I'm, put it that I'm just saying, though, at the same time, like, they don't make themselves famous. Somebody's giving them money. You know what I'm yep. saying? Like, well, yeah. But they, they make them, well, though, they, they put themselves out there to be famous is what I'm saying. You know, they, right, they no, totally. Yeah, they they go out there and try to, you know, they they put out there what the what videos of, of them doing the most mundane and average things, and these little tin gods. If people were so worried, more so worried about themselves than they are about what color Kim Kardashian's fucking g-string is. The world would be a better place. It really would. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I've seen this now for what it is because there was, you know, I hate when I turn on my computer and I open up the internet, it goes straight to like a news, you know, website. Uh, right. MSN website. And they're I mean, top you could stories. That, but. Well, yeah, I did. I, I did change it, but uh, you know, it was one of those things where it was just like you know, uh, you know, the first stop. I don't even read most of it. But one of the things that came up as like a legitimate news story was that Katy Perry and her boyfriend are done. <laughs> Orlando Bloom. Oh, yeah, there you go. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> listen, listen, okay, listen, because I, I, I really want you to hear me when I say this, okay? Yeah. The 13 million people that viewed that page, that's the answer. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's insane, though. It is. That, it's just, to me, that, that, why do you care? It's not... It's, just shut and, up and entertain us. And to get back what Nick's saying, people don't understand the importance of Snapchat and Instagram. And I don't have either one, but that is what the younger generation is into. My son's generation thinks that Facebook is archaic and for old people. Yep. And they don't use it. <laughs> they use Snapchat and Instagram. And that's where people are becoming stars. And, and I'm looking at her now on um I just found her Instagram. She's got 6.9 million followers. 
See that? That means that means that she's getting paid to be on Instagram now. Yep. Totally. Because now companies will be reaching out to her and paying her to do whatever. Mm-hmm. Amazing. This is a fucked up world we're in. It really is. This country and Oh, the, the whole fucking world is going crazy. It's just, it's just bad shit. Everybody's bad shit crazy. They really are. <laughs> yeah. There's no common sense. None anymore. Well, obviously, there's, look there's, who we elected. <laughs> okay, but, but Bay, here's something else to consider. Okay. As of November eighth, two thousand and fifteen. So that was a while ago. You know, half a year. Snapchat had a hundred million daily active users with over seven billion videos posted. That's how big I mean, that's the reality show now, man. Like seven billion videos. Every day at least a hundred million people log into Snapchat. That's weird. I don't get it. What was, what was that other one that, that kind of like came and went? Um, Vine. Vine. Not Vine. Um, it was the other one where you could broadcast live. Periscope. That, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Like Instagram kind of, and Instagram somebody that, bought they them. Kind of like destroyed that. Somebody no, somebody bought them, and they went in with somebody. Who are the same people that bought MySpace? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but they bought in with somebody and they, they combined them together is what it was. But I remember seeing something about that. Periscope. And what's the name? Just went um, uh, public on uh, on Wall Street. Snapchat. Today, yeah. They were selling it. Yeah, they were selling it seventeen dollars a share opening. Wow. And people were That's saying cool. that if you didn't get in like right away, it's probably went up since its initial offering. I pretty much guarantee it. Oh yeah. So, but you got to be careful with stocks like that, man, because Facebook came out huge in its first in its first day, and then got like creamed right two weeks after so what you, you, you buy it and after a few days fucking get rid of it yeah well you can yeah you can you know you can do that but you got to be careful with that shit so do any of you guys do that do uh, do any stock exchange stuff i have all that? About, i don't know what i have to do any of you guys do any uh, stocks at all? I used to, but um, you know, after the fire, we pretty much cleaned everything out. Just with my four hundred one k, I'll mess with the investments here and there. Right. Yeah, I got a bunch of I got I've, I got a lot of stocks, but I don't know everyone that I have. 
Yeah. Hey, babe, there's like, there's a bunch of Snapchat, like, uh, South Street pages and stuff. You got to get on there and post your concert stuff. Yeah, I, 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 I don't even have time to attempt stuff. <laughs> I, I refuse. Like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I am, I'm there. I'm done. I'm at the limit. I'm, I'm, I, I, I can't. <laughs> Uh, that's too funny, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, don't you guys feel the same way? Like, I, I, all this social media stuff, I'm just fucking. It's, it's, it is no, I mean I totally feel that way. It's just that like that's where the people are. You know what I no. mean? Hey guys, real quick. Um looking up the Snapchat uh IPO. I'm sorry, I said seventeen dollars a share, but it began trading at twenty four a share. It went up to as high as twenty six oh five before it ended the day at twenty four forty eight. Oh wow! Just to... so it kind of like where it started is where it ended for today. Basically, it was a gain of forty-eight cents per share. Technically, they say the gain was worth forty-four percent, which you know doesn't mean much—forty-eight cents a share. But. It could be worse. It could have gone to twenty two dollars. <laughs> so, you know. I don't know. Interesting just stuff. To, just to say. But all that stuff is like I mean uh, right or wrong, I mean that's just a lot of just gotta be a lot of fucking luck, the whole stock market shit. Either be like right place, right time with the right amount of fucking cash. In some instances. I mean, you know, there's guys that uh, that work it like they work the poker tables. You know. I can tell you that twice in my life I've been right, and if I would have had a thousand dollars, I'd be a millionaire right now. Mm. I was I, 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 of all the people that I know, I was the first person to, that said somebody has got to invest some money into this company, Netflix. Yeah, I, I remember that one. And then the same thing with Google, man. If it just uh, getting in on the ground floor of both of them would have been amazing. Can you imagine that? And I'll tell you guys what I believe the next big thing is going to be, and you're going to think I'm crazy, but I think it's weed. Mm. I think marijuana, like not just medical marijuana, but watch, once more states start legalizing it, it's going to be the new tobacco. It's, I mean, it's going to be a huge cash crop for this country. I uh, do. I totally, I totally agree. I, you know, it's a, it's a man. Still there? That alone could just change the whole, um, the whole fucking economy of the whole country. I mean, that, that's the game changer right there. That that can just. 
changed so much. Well, well, and the thing is, like that—that's an industry that doesn't just make millionaires out of people in the industry. The people that really benefit are like. Now I'm going to give you a really simplistic, you know, example here. But imagine to grow the plant, you need a specific red light. They, everybody that grows that plant is going to want to buy one of those red lights. So the guy who sells those red lights, he's going to make millions of dollars too. Yep. You know what I mean? Right. And so th- that's the key is to find something in there that may not be super glamorous, but is needed every single time. And that's where you're going to fucking just skyrocket in profit. Mm. True. You find out you know whatever what I, like water filter that is like the best, and that's what you invest in. You know what I mean? Like something that you know they're gonna use every time. Right. <clears throat> and you know, I think I think Donald Trump sees the the future of weed. That's why he wants to build the wall, so the weed doesn't keep coming in from Mexico, and we can do our own. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well. Real quick, I think our, our our guest is on the line. Let's uh, let's double check and say, is this Mister James Durbin? It sure is. Am I on? You're on. You're live on the air. See, you, you called in in the middle of a discussion of uh, pot and and the, the legalization of weed. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've never heard that uh, that that side of things, but that is definitely a, a possibility. I could definitely see how that would how that would uh, make sense. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, dude, like, there's news stories breaking about you today. You realize that, right? Is there really about what? <laughs> about Hollywood scars? What's going on? Uh, kind of, yeah, yeah, that. So, um, yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> I can I can neither uh, confirm or deny any accusations made against or in my favor. <laughs> But do you do you like um, do you like to bang your head? Uh, I do. Uh, I like to feel the noise, um, but uh, I also like to uh, fly on Thunderbird. Oh, dude, you're killing me. That song brings tears to so my eyes. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't take my news from uh, from unreliable sources. I'll just say that if a if yeah. a more reliable news source comes available, then uh, then then I'll start to talk. But that's us. <laughs> We're the more reliable well, hey. news <laughs> That's where we come to play. Well, hey, let's talk. All right, all right. So, all right, like, um, I really want to talk about, like, before we even get into maps of the Hollywood scars, which I love the freaking name of that. Um, Thank you. The whole, like, American Idol thing, like, not that I'm, I was, like, a fan of the show, but like those shows, come in general, on! Everybody was. <laughs> honestly, dude, honestly, I seriously like I, I just wasn't. I, I just wasn't a fan of the whole thing. Um, For sure. But it interests me. It, it really does interest me. Um, the oh. whole thing, like a, a person like yourself. I mean, so I'm going through and I'm I'm like watching from your auditions uh, to you know all your performances, and I'm like. First off, I mean, you got you're in front of two of the biggest names in music in Hollywood with Steven Tyler and J Lo and you gotta sing in front of them. Like 
How freaking scary is it? <laughs> My first audition uh, in front of the judges was was by far the one, probably one of the scariest moments of my life. Um, and, uh, I mean, but that's kind of the whole reason that I did it in the first place was because Steven was going to be a judge. I had auditioned back in season eight, um, when Simon was still there and actually I'd be, I, I always thought that I'd be more afraid to, uh, audition in front of Simon Cowell. Um, just cause I mean, you watch the show and you see, Right. You see the vibe too, um, but knowing that Stephen was going to be there, I was like, okay, maybe that's my in. <laughs> and uh, and so I did the audition, but yeah, I, I was scared shitless. But I mean, all right, you're scared shitless, but to take it to the next level, like, dude, I mean, balls of steel, because then you go and sing "Dream On" to Stephen Tyler, like that takes balls. I asked. I didn't want to be disrespectful, um, but yeah, I, I definitely think at that point my emotions were were running pretty high, and uh, uh, my uh, vocals weren't uh, being uh, extremely clear. But uh, I, I felt like it was I felt like it was necessary for the for the emotion and the moment. It was uh, it was pretty cool. I was not worthy, but it was cool. Uh, totally cool. Totally cool. I, I, I give you credit. I mean, balls, balls of steel. And the voice sounded awesome. Thank you very much. So, you said you tried out like a few seasons before. What, um, like, what makes you finally decide like to do this? I- I'm imagining you were a fan of the show, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, auditioning two years before, I mean, it was it was pretty crazy. I'm glad that I had had that experience before auditioning again for season 10. But yeah, I mean, it's just, you put yourself through a lot mentally. You wait in line. I waited in line with my wife for probably a total of 36 hours uh, split between two days to sing for 30 seconds with the chance um, with, I mean, huge odds against me. There were 17,000 people at at, uh, AT AT&T park that day. And so I, knowing that myself and one other Stefano Langoni who made it to, uh, to the live rounds and everything on TV and ended up being my best man at my wedding. I mean, the two of us were the only two that made it out of 17,000 people onto the show from the same city. So that was pretty cool. But yeah. Wow. There's, you definitely have to be at a certain point um, mentally and in your life, I guess, to really want it that bad. I mean, looking back on it, all the, large humongous contracts and everything you're basically taking a gamble and if you got nothing to lose then it's it's a it it doesn't take too long to figure out that it's time to sign it i remember being there in that room and you get given this giant uh giant stack of of contracts and we were actually going through boxes of stuff the other day and my wife found them she's like you want to keep these i was like yeah maybe we'll get around to reading them one day they're basically (laughs) there and and uh, some of my buddies were calling up their attorneys and and their financial advisors, I'm like, should I do this? And everyone was like, no. <laughs> but if you want it, then, you know, you, you really do it. And everybody that I've talked to is, is still glad they did it, regardless of, you know, the situation you get yourself in. It's it's definitely worth the risk. Now, is it similar to, like, um, America's Got Talent? Because we've had a lot of people on from America's Got Talent. And it's kind of almost basically like where the show – kind of owns you for like at least a year 
Yeah, pretty much exactly like that. Um, they do have what's called like a sunset clause, which uh, <laughs> which can or a 360 clause where they get uh, a bit of your touring, a bit of your merch, a bit of your publishing, pretty much a little bit of everything of you that you will make uh, post your um, time on the show. And they get that for like, you know, five years or something. So uh, I know that our season had the most people signed to management deals um, following the show out of any other season. So they definitely pulled in some bills on us <laughs> for sure. <laughs> season 10 was, was a big season, not discounting any other season um, full of talent and, and everything. There's some phenomenal singers and musicians and performers out there. Um, but our season, I can only speak for myself. Um, some of the most phenomenal musicians, songwriters, et cetera, that I've ever met or ever been in the presence of came from American Idol. And so it's like that completely, you know, shoots down any notion for me personally that like it's not um, a legitimate talent uh, organization, um, right. in other words. No, there's definitely, without a doubt, some amazing talent that goes on that show or has been going on that mm-hmm. show. You're one of them. You know what I mean? Like, Thank you. I, I always so, discount myself whenever I, whenever I uh, talk about that. I mean, we, there was so much freaking talent that year. You know, everybody was memorable. Everybody put on such a performance and everybody um, uh, inspired each other to do better and to just like right. try things, you know. Now, what do you think was actually like harder, like especially early on in the in, in the competition when you're first starting to do those, you know, you're, you're performing live on national TV with millions and millions of people, or doing the actual audition in front of the judges? Um, I don't know. It's 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 pretty evenly matched. I know that. Uh, yeah, before the judges, I'd probably say that. I was I, I my audition uh, filmed in front of the judges was later in the day, and so I'd been waiting and waiting and waiting, and lots of people winning, uh, going through, <clears throat> and uh, and then it finally got to the point where oh boy, it's getting crazy around here. <laughs> finally got to the point where I was about to audition, and then they called lunch, and so I'm sitting there, and then I see. I see Steven and then I see uh, Randy and then I see JLo and they all walk by and Steven and Randy stopped to talk to me. And that was like a full on game changer. Cause like then that initial shock of, uh, of seeing them for the first time kind of wore off. And then about right. 30, 40 minutes later, I actually got to audition. So, you know, that, that kind of helped out a little bit. Yeah. Being in front of the, in front of the cameras and the live audience and knowing that on the other side of the lens live where, you know, 40 million people watching, that's, that definitely puts a little bit of pressure on you. <laughs> now, something, one thing that I always do enjoy noticing when I would like see clips like from, you know, early on in the season to a person like yourself and others, like the further along that you're making it through the competition I love to watch the the makeovers start to happen. What was that like for you when they start doing the makeover on TV? Uh, it was cool. I mean, for me personally, I think that uh, I went into the competition better dressed and came out with what uh, 
my buddy Alex in Hollywood Scars refers to as uh, the expensive dirtbag look. <laughs> it's like you got like twenty dollar jeans and like a thousand dollar leather or a thousand dollar wallet chain, you know, something like that. Um, you know, I was I was a pretty cleaned up kid going into it, and um, I was I was pretty disheveled looking by the end. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I definitely I, I mean I still have like everything that I wore on the show. I still have. So that's pretty cool. Oh, I get to recycle it and bring it back out. But yeah, um, on the other side of things, it gets pretty trippy when you go from being a small town kid to being on a TV show and then, you know, them giving you um, $1,000 leather jackets every week and $5,000 right. watches and designer sunglasses. And then you're going to movie premieres and you're eating at fancy restaurants and paparazzi and all these different things and then suddenly the show's over and boom it's gone and so like they inflate your ego and they inflate your expectations um but then when the show's over it's up to you to kind of fill in the blanks and keep it going um right and if you made a lasting impression enough on the show to garner whatever amount of fans um fortunately and very thankfully and blessed and grateful I am to have such a strong, great, um, loyal fan base. You know, not everybody's that, that fortunate. So it, it, uh, I definitely had a very inflated ego and luckily for me, my wife has, um, been very gracious in, uh, deflating it, <laughs> which has been great and definitely got me back to being, a a humble person. I, I can't say I'm as humble as I was before the show, but I'm definitely getting there as the years go by. Now, how quick, like, does that happen? Like, how quick does the change in your life happen from the moment, like, your first appearance on there? Does your phone, like, instantly start ringing from all different people? It does. Um, but surprisingly, I've had the same phone number since I was 16. So <laughs> I, I've actually been okay not having too many people call me. I never really gave my number out to many people. I was kind of an outcast. So that, that's kind of worked in my favor. But I still get recognized around town. And it's, it, you know, it goes from a, a thing of like every person that says hi is, a, you know, an, an extra um, coin in the ego fountain. But now it's kind of, uh, it has the reverse effect. I'm, I'm very grateful and very gracious to to meet anybody that recognizes me. And, and, you know, that's, um, that's a very blessed thing to have because there's, I mean, I, I got to come from a, a place of, of gratitude in this whole reality show thing is because it, it, it gave me everything pretty much from a, a performer and, um, you know, fan base standpoint and everything. It's, it's, uh, it's all thanks to it. You know, I, I'd been doing things locally and in my hometown, but that's only, you know, 60,000 people. So to get that extra, um, that extra boost on there is pretty phenomenal. And not even every 60,000 of them like me, most of them I can't speak for. <laughs> so, yeah. So imagine that the town you're from is 60,000 people and you'd be on TV performing in front of 40 million people. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty mind blowing when you, when you really think about it. That's crazy. Now, how about when you got to perform with Judas Priest? Okay, now that's that's a that's a that's a big story. <laughs> so when I uh, when I was looking at the song list to begin with, before I sang, you've got another thing coming. Uh, I was looking over and over, couldn't find a damn song. 
And uh, I went to the producers, and I was like, is there anything else I could do? Can I request something? They're like, no, you go to pick from the list. And so I was like, okay. So I went back to the list, and just by chance, by fate, happened to shine its uh, gracious hand upon me, <laughs> or on the list, more so. And I saw you've got another thing coming. And I was like, you got another thing coming. It didn't say Judas Priest next to it. And so I went to the woman that cleared songs, Robin, and she was like, oh, it's uh, Judas Priest. I said, no shit. Awesome. So I go to the producers. I'm like, I'm going to sing you got another thing coming by Judas Priest. And I'm like, what the hell is a Judas Priest? And what's it doing on our list? And, uh, but once the song's on the list, they can't change you. They changed a couple people's choices, but I was always very uh, adamant about not letting them change my choices, not the producers, not Jimmy Iovine, not anybody. I wanted to, you know, if I was going to fall, I was going to fall by my own hand and not have anybody else to blame afterwards. You know, I'm, I'm all about learning from my own mistakes, and uh, I feel like that's important, especially as an artist. And um, I feel like that's a big thing that lacks from a lot of those shows is the artistry coming through. Right. And artists make a lot of mistakes, I'll tell you what. But some of the best art is made from what everybody else calls mistakes. So yeah. uh, <clears throat> so then it was successful. You know, I made it through the next round. Judas Priest got wind of it. <laughs> and then uh, it came time to pick who you were going to play with if you were fortunate enough to get, get to be chosen to do a solo performance with uh, said band. And so uh, they came to me and they said, all right, well, it's up between uh, – Def Leppard or Judas Priest? And I'm like, shit, yeah, I'm going with Judas Priest. I didn't think any Def Leppard, no disrespect, but definitely had to go with Priest. So it came time for the uh, the rehearsal day on the big stage at the, uh, I think it's the Nokia, Nokia Theater. Not the LA Live, but the real Nokia Theater, the big one. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and so we're there, and Tim McGraw walks by, and Beyonce walks by, and then there's Bono and the Edge. They walk by, and then there's Judas Priest, and there's Rob Halford in the in the flesh, in the glory. And uh, we were doing a dress rehearsal, and so he's got this big old duster coat, and then I had this vest that said in training on it, so I was still hadn't earned <laughs> my sleeves or my or my dusters yet, my uh, my tail. And uh, <laughs> so we rehearse, and we get through it. We got the pyro, everything going. And uh, so after the after the rehearsal of about 20 minutes going through it a couple times with pyro and everything, uh, Rob is like, James, would you like to try on my coat? And I was like, oh, hell yeah, what a dream come true. This is phenomenal. And then as soon as I'm putting it on, I didn't think about it first. Like, we just rehearsed for 20 minutes. And so slowly it felt like I was putting on his old British metal skin. You know, it felt like you, like, pre-soak a wetsuit before you put it on because it goes on easier. It was like doing that. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was pretty crazy but then luckily Jack Black came over and so I pawned off the jacket on him it had a little less sweat on it by then and then I had the uh, the German military cap to go with it and so we got to both uh, myself and Judas Priest with Rob Halford we all took pictures with Jack Black that was pretty cool oh that's awesome now afterwards is like uh, like or even before did uh, did Halford or any of the other guys in Priest give any advice to you or anything or uh, no advice, really. I got to go out to dinner with them, which was a lot of fun. They're just eating lobster and, and sipping tea. <laughs> it was very, very much uh, what you would expect um, from from uh, from Priest. So it was it was very, very cool. I, I really enjoyed myself, and I still keep in contact with Rob. Um, I actually got to send him some of the demos for the Hollywood Scars project, and. Uh, and and get his advice and hear what he thought and so it, it it's pretty cool. I I I woke up from a dream the other night seeing the Judas Priest logo. So 
definitely means something, and I definitely see doing something with them in the future, in the near future, hopefully. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm trying to manifest it. Oh, that would be <laughs> that would be killer. <laughs> now, um, uh, which I was wondering, like, so you actually get to pick the songs, then you get to perform. Um, for the show itself or for the finale? Uh, for the show itself. Yeah. Well, each week we were given a pretty much given like a um, a theme, and then you work with the producers or with the song clearance. Uh, woman and decide pretty much like what song you're going to do, which song is available, you know, stuff like that. And so pretty much every time that, um, that I asked to sing something pretty much every time I got, I got to, to sing what I wanted, um, which was a real blessing. For instance, when I did 30 seconds to Mars, um, they, uh, Jared would never clear songs for them to use, not even in, not even their own recordings, um, in, you know, uh, in package footage and stuff, but they cleared me for some reason. Um, so that was pretty cool. I really wanted to do Zeppelin, uh, but, uh, I got the, I got Das Boot before I got the chance to do that. I, I had some other fun stuff planned, but yeah, it, uh, <laughs> you, you tend to, uh, plan in advance and not think about that you might be uh, eliminated before then. Sure. Now, do you guys have like any interaction with the, with the judges beforehand or, or after the show or? Uh, no, we actually don't. That's the thing that I'm the most envious of, of uh, other shows like the voice is that your judge your, is your mentor and you actually work one-on-one with them. They can give you advice. You can, you know, request advice, et cetera. So it's, you know, you, you don't get that dynamic on idle, but that's one thing I could see if they brought idle back, that they would do something that's a little bit more inclusive of that. Um, yeah. You know, and actually I did hear that it might be coming back on another network. Yeah. NBC is talking about bringing it back. Um, I know that I, I had talked to the creator uh, Simon Fuller, he was talking about something about it maybe coming back as a um, on a digital platform. I keep pushing yeah. for like, let's do a cruise. I think a cruise would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Netflix. I don't know. Something like that. Which I don't know how that would work though, with votes doing it on Netflix. Kind of changes the whole scape of things. Yeah, yeah. It loses that whole uh, live effect with the voting and all. Yeah be kind of weird now have you had any like uh, crazy rock star moments yet uh other than lobster and tea with judas priest um uh <laughs> cheese sticks and uh i guess it'd just be cheese sticks with chris jericho um uh, dessert shared three ways with uh, chris jericho and the miz um Let's see. I'm a big WWE guy, so uh, getting told on live TV that by Hulk Hogan that you're going through <laughs> and going on tour and getting into the top ten. Um, a lot of stuff from Idol, uh, singing Happy Birthday to Steven Tyler with Stevie Wonder, um, singing 30 Seconds to Mars uh, with um, Cheryl Crow during rehearsals. She sang Back Up with me. Um, getting Zach Wild onto American Idol with the help of yeah, Chris Jericho. What was that? Uh, uh, 
with uh with Zach. With that's Zach, yeah. That's um yeah, I, I was talking to I was talking to the producers after my after my interview with uh with Jimmy Ivey and where he was talking to me about not playing a certain song. I really wanted to do um Heavy Metal by Sammy Hagar from the nineteen eighty whatever movie. Um, the cult classic uh, animated feature of the same name. And so uh, Jimmy was just saying, you're going to sound like a Sammy Hagar wannabe. It's going to come off bad. It's going to come off awful. You don't know what you're doing. And I basically just kind of said, like, you're listening to me sing this song with a piano accompanist. (laughs) No offense to Michael Orland on piano. And I'm taken from him. But I, I really was like, you're not going to hear what this is going to sound like with the guitars and the vibe and the, you know, and the crazy leads and, and everything that I'm hearing in my head when I, when I think about it. And um, so I basically told him to stick it and I wanted to do it in another way also on top of that. And so um, <clears throat> Chris Jericho was on dancing with the stars at the same time that filmed in the studio next to ours that was housed in the same building or two big uh, hangers and um, and so I'd become friends with him and while reading one of his books his second book I believe um, I found out that he was really close with Zach Wild which is the, the reason that Zach started growing his beard in the first place is because he, him and Chris were doing a beard growing contest and clearly Zach won which uh, <laughs> is just, just crazy it's fun how things happen like that and uh, so I got Zach's Zach's um, wife's number from Chris, who she managed him at the time, and uh, and so I started talking, saying like, would, would, "Could I get Zach on Idol?" And so they kind of figured out like, "Yeah, that's something that we could figure out." And um, and so I went to the producers and I said, "If I can get Zach Wild to come play with me on Heavy Metal, will you okay it? You guys don't have to pay anything, you don't have to be expensed." Nothing. And they said, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, in other words. And so I got him. That day came in. It was also tri- really trippy because the same day I had the Make-A-Wish Foundation come and they had a kid who really wanted to meet me. That was his wish. Uh, which put my head in a completely different place. Uh, mm-hmm. Mentally, ego-wise, everything. And I, that's when I started to realize kind of effect I was having for people with disabilities, people, you know, struggling kids, people that felt different, felt out of place. Um, and especially my little my buddy Cole uh, from Make-A-Wish, um, who's still alive and kicking. And I think I'm going to see him in a couple weeks out in Ohio. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy how all these things happen. It goes from being this rock star thing about you and about you and your artistry and your ego and sticking it to the man and then something that that grounding happens, I guess. It, it really brings you back down to earth and, and really makes you realize what things are important because not only is it a kid with a dream and a wish, it's a kid who's somebody's, he's somebody's son, he's somebody's brother and uh and so it, it really makes it um, a human experience again. So that's probably one of, if not my favorite uh, thing that ever happened on Idol. And the most rock star thing, of course, too. I'll tell you what. Uh, 
um, as soon as we announced you last week for this week's show, um, one of the uh, friends and fans of the show uh, instantly uh, said, you have to tell James um, how much of an influence he is on her and her children who go through the same battles that you do with uh, uh, Tourette's and uh, Asperger's. Mm-hmm. Case in point. <laughs> tell her thank you. I'll tell her right now. Thank you so much. I'm like, I can't. There's always constant reminders. Whenever I start to think that any of this is about me or it's for me, it's not. There's always a constant reminder that that tells me that uh, I just need to keep going and keep making it happen and keep making a difference. You know, of course I, I, I do it for the love and the passion of music, but if I know that my voice and not just my singing voice, but my ability to make people listen and my platform and I can use that for good, then I'm definitely going, definitely going to, I mean, cause if you're going to use it for anything less then it's, it's, it's not good enough for you, and it's not good enough for rock and roll. It's not good enough for anybody. You know, rock and roll is about your voice and the power of your voice and not just singing and screaming and music, but <laughs> the level and the attitude and the spirit. And if you can pass that level and attitude and spirit on to other people and they can utilize it in their lives in other ways to not only um, empower them, but just uh, lift their spirit, you know, lift their self-confidence and their self-awareness, and, uh, you know, maybe at that point people will start to understand that being different isn't a problem. They don't need to change. They don't need to become more normal because different is awesome. You know, it's awesome to be different. It's what sets you apart from everybody else. People that try to be just like everybody else are boring. You can, you know, you can't tell them apart. So it's, it's, it's nice to be the, the, the different person and to spread difference, I guess. Well, I'll tell you, um, the, the two boys' names are uh, Dakota and Eric. It's, uh, the lady's name is Stacy. It's her two sons. And she was the one that uh, had said that. She was just like, you know, he is such a positive influence on all my two boys. So she was really excited about that. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with me. That makes me feel good. So now you end up getting, as you said, Das Boot from the show. What goes through mm-hmm. your head? Like, do I go now? What am I going to do? It's definitely, um, it's definitely, in, in, it's an interesting moment. It's something that you don't really prepare yourself for because every week you're preparing yourself to go through to the next round. So what, what songs am I going to be singing? You know, what am I going to wear? Uh, what color is my hair going to be this week? What, what, you know, what kind of shoes, you know, just these stupid things you're fucking worrying about. And, uh, and so you, you, you start to just lose sight of really what's most important. And the whole reason I went on idol was to, um, live my dream of being a working musician. And so that's not necessarily making the most money, playing the biggest gigs, you know, <laughs> getting the most people's attention. But if I can work and do what I feel, um, I've been blessed with, then, you know, then I'm, I, I just got to do it. <laughs> exactly. That's pretty much all it is to it. Uh, so when I got the, when I found out, um, I didn't just find out on TV. I kind of knew from the beginning of that day um, because no one would look at me. No one would make eye contact with me. And there was definitely a drop 
in uh, in in just people's attitudes and, and people's overall uh, aura, I guess. So I could definitely tell that it was going to be me. Um, and then by the time the cameras were rolling, I really knew it. You know, I was standing there with Scotty McCreary, and I mean, <laughs> say what you want about the kid, but he's he's amazing. He really is a phenomenal performer, and that kid had so much potential, and they harnessed it, and he harnessed it. He learned so much. So, you know, and, and that week before, I had become really close with him. Um, we were the t- last two boys remaining in the competition, and, and you know, we, we we developed a really good friendship over that uh, over that time. And it was fun, too. You know, um, I, I knew that we still had the finale. I knew that we still had the tour you know, but I, I can tell you, I look forward to being up on that stage and being one of the two people standing there. So I, I guess it's probably better to go out fourth than to go out second or even third. I still got to do the um, the big press outlets. Uh, third does not get to. Second also does not get to as much because all the attention's on first place at that point. Um, so I, I feel like it was a very important spot for me, and it, and it fit well. You know, it's it's not. Uh, everything I do afterwards is uh, American Idol runner-up or American Idol winner or third place. You know, it's, it's kind of, I think fourth is good. I think fourth is good for this, uh, for this situation. It's unique for sure. Now, at that point, like you said, you know, you had the tour coming up and stuff like that, but does your phone like start ringing? Like, you know, with this rumor going around earlier, do you start getting, um, Bands like that start reaching out to you. Hey, would you like to come try out for us? And, you know, stuff like that. Or do do you already know, like, all right, I'm going to try to put together my own thing and work on that. Uh, At that point, I was really open to anything. You know, if something was the right fit, I heard that at that point, um, Disturbed was looking for a new singer. And then shortly after, maybe a year later, Hinder was looking for a new singer. And every every time something kind of came about it just wasn't the right time um just off of idol i knew that i had a a few labels that were interested in me and i was really looking forward to putting out my own album and getting together with a couple guys uh, from my hometown and then um held auditions and ended up getting the uh drummer and rhythm guitarist from in this moment the original drummer and guitarist blake bunzel and uh jeff fab and um added them with uh, Tyler Molinero and Dylan Rose, both from Santa Cruz. And, uh, and that was like a real, a real band. <laughs> it was really cool. Right. There was just the, the professionalism and the, the vibe and the energy on stage was great, but off stage, it wasn't, it wasn't as phenomenal. So, um, you know, stuff happens. And, and if something doesn't come together super organically, then those things are bound to happen. Um, right. But yeah, it was, it was definitely one of my uh, on stage moments where, one of my most favorite times um, in this whole, uh, this whole journey and career and everything. So, all right. So now uh, fast forward to modern day, we're here. Uh, you've hooked up with Alex Grassi. Uh, infam- infam- yeah, I could talk. Infam- <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Known from the world of quiet riot. He's also was uh, in the beautiful creatures back uh, about 10 years ago. Killer friggin' band. Um, How'd you mm-hmm. and Alex uh, So Alex and I know each other through mutual acquaintance um, back from pretty much around my idol days. He had come to a couple of my 
uh, performances out in L.A. when he lived out there um, with my original band lineup um, coming off the show. And uh, and then um, we just kind of lost touch. I mean, we'd never we'd never were that close. We didn't trade numbers or emails or anything. We just kind of uh, knew each other by conversation and uh, a quick meeting. And then I was out in Vegas doing a residency show last fall. And we happened to be at the same place at the same time, the same restaurant, ran into each other. Like, Alex? Alex Crossy, right? He's like, James, what's going on? And uh, so we traded numbers and, and emails then. And uh, once my residency show ended, he emailed me and was like, hey, I've got these songs. Um, you know, some of them are Quiet Riot riffs that I had written for, you know, whatever, um, throughout the years. And I've, I've written them and, and recorded them as full songs, but they're just instrumentals. I own them, you know, would you want to write to them? Here, here's six songs. Here's, it started me off with three. And then I sent those three back, uh, with lyrics and melodies and, uh, fully recorded, just good sounding demos that I did on my laptop and, and sent those back within a week. And, uh, it was just kind of a, a dawning, Oh shit moment, the quality of songs and the, the energy and the vibe, uh, behind them. They really worked, you know, they're really, um, on a unique level, um, as far as anything that either of us had done, uh, previously or currently. Um, and so we just kind of kept going. At first, it was just going to be something for syncs and licensing for commercials and whatnot. And uh, and as we kept going, we we're like, okay, well, we gotta we gotta name it something. And so I have always had the name Hollywood Scars. It was a band that I had uh, pre-idol. If you look on YouTube, Hollywood Scars, James Durbin. There's a, a couple things up there. We just played a handful of gigs, competed in a battle of the bands out here in Santa Cruz, and uh, just a, a, a heavy rockin' four piece that was, you know reliving the, the vibe and of the uh, 80s glam days, kind of a crash diet, um, reckless love kind of the vibe. And uh, and so we did that, and it was short-lived. And then Idol kind of happened as soon as that ended. Say, and so I... I got to stop uh, you, James. Just the fact that you know these bands, like Crash Diet and stuff like that, <laughs> and you want American Idol just totally shocks the shit. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that the original Hollywood Scars uh, incarnation got me into a lot of a lot of great bands. Uh, Veins of Jenna, the original with with Lizzie Devine as a singer, not the other guy that that, that crashed. Um, <laughs> uh, Reckless Love, uh, Crash Diet with all three of their singers: um, Dave Lepard, Oliver H. Twisted, and uh, Simon Cruz. And then Oliver H. Twisted left and went back to Reckless Love. Now he's a Ollie, Ollie Herman, and uh, and just yeah, just some great music. Uh, hardcore superstar, uh, one of my favorites. They contributed a song to my first album called Outcast, which Mick Mars played on in uh, earlier 2016, beginning of of the year. I got to open for Hardcore Superstar and Michael Monroe, which was unbelievable. Oh, it was it was it was it was so rad, so rad. <laughs> but, yeah, so I've I've kept I've kept the name Hollywood Scars. I owned it created it so i i knew i always wanted to bring it back and um and so i just kind of requested it to alex and and he loved it kind of we just kind of talked about it and added maps to the just to kind of give it its own thing and kind of name it as more of a project less of a band because it's just the two of us it's you know it can really just be anything we might eventually hyphenate it down to uh to um just to Hollywood scars. Not sure. You know, we'll see. It's, 
but it's 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 been a really great outlet for my creativity. Um, some of the songs on it, uh, on volume one and on volume two, are some of the best songs I've ever written. Till Death is one of the best I've ever written or been a part of, um, and it, it wrote it in like you know an hour. <laughs> so it's 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 pretty crazy when you're just kind of put in a position to write and you're given all the tools that you need and a perfect uh, base as you know to write it to it's 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 just uh it's great you know Alex and I created a really good team and we've developed a really great friendship um which is more than you could ever ask for you know you think of the the Lennons and McCartneys and the uh uh Jaggers and Jagger uh and Richards and you know these different um these great duos and uh, not to ever compare myself to any of those um, legends, uh, but it, it's it's nice to find somebody that you can write with on that level and see eye to eye with and 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 trade ideas in a non-judgmental uh, way. Right. Now, how about like um, I, I mean, let's face it. There's a lot of these type of projects or, or uh, band situations that do what you and Alex have done uh, where you, you put out an EP um, of great music. I mean, just great rocky music. And I know as a mu- musician myself, whenever I've been a part of something, you're putting together that music and you just feel it. And the thing that always went through my head is I want to perform this in front of fucking people and see mm-hmm. what the, uh, what the crowd feels and, and if they like it or not. So I'm sure you guys got to feel the same way. I mean, would you guys, is there any plans to ever put something together to play some shows with or? Absolutely. We're, we're already in talks to possibly do something uh, in LA and Hollywood um, in, in the, you know, in the, in the city that kind of inspired the, the vibe and the sound. So that, that'd be the, definitely be the first and perfect place to unveil it. Uh, we're not sure when, um, you know, with, uh, we, we're not sure if we're going to before we release volume two afterwards. So we have more material to perform if it's going to be an opening set or a, probably an opening set, but depends on if it'll be a, you know, a 30 minute set versus a 40 or 45 minute set. So at the, at the moment there's, you know, all these different variables, but I, I definitely see us doing it. It's, um, it would be so much fun. Cool. Uh, I look forward to it and I hope it happens. And I, and I hope Thank you guys, you. Uh, you know, somehow <laughs> come out here to Philadelphia. Yes. Yeah. I mean, hell yeah. Why not? You know, if, if, I mean, you gotta, you gotta start somewhere. And right now it's just something that, uh, from its inception, I mean, it, we started trading emails back in October and to have all the songs written, I mean, it's only five, but still having five good songs that are just as good as each other in many different ways. You know, there's, that's also the reason we wanted to do it in groups of five is because it expands it out and lets you focus more on the songwriting and putting out right. the best material and not wanting to put out any filler. Because if you put out a song, uh, an album of 10 songs, 
how much of that is filler? You know, how much is it's it's so widespread in this day and age for people's attention spans? I mean, a goldfish has a larger attention span than that of like a four-year-old, um, <laughs> which, is, which is true. And most it's people, true. Um, I mean, there's been studies done on it. Most people that listen to music judge a song by the first 10 seconds, which is why most songs you hear on um, pop radio or hot AC and whatnot, and even some country radio is, is the verse is like, you know, one line. <laughs> the verse lasts for like four bars and then the chorus is like 16. You know, they they want you to just get to the chorus already pretty much. And so getting to do this and getting to do it in a way that's by our rules with no A&R, no label, nobody telling us what to do and how to do it. If we want to put a ballad out as the first keys of a song, like that's what we're going to do. You know, it's, it's, it's real cool. Um, as long as the vibe stays good and, you know, we stay friends and, and keep writing and, and whatnot. And we'll, we'll keep putting them out and play shows and whatnot. You know, the sky's the limit. It's a, uh, it's, it's in its baby steps, but you know, the sky's the limit. Absolutely. Cool. Well, it's, it's out now. Volume one is out now, correct? Yes. Volume one is out now on, uh, on iTunes, Amazon, all streaming services. Um, because we don't like getting paid. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it's out there. I mean, for this thing, it's different. It's you know, we we want more people to hear this, and we kind of just did it in our spare time. And if people like it, people want to buy it, people want to listen, then by all means, buy away. We're also working with this new uh, platform called iDiddy, which is um, it's it's being discussed that it could be what you know, puts away CDs and DVDs, physical, um, physical copies. It's, it's basically a backstage pass that has a code on the back of it. What's that? I think it's called a QR code, something like that. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> it's got that little black and white, uh, digital code thing on there. Right. And, uh, and so you download the app, the iDiddy app, and then you scan your backstage pass and it gets you, uh, all the songs, gets you a bonus track, gets you behind-the-scenes videos from the studio. We can upload whatever we want to it, whenever we want to it. It's basically a – it's kind of like an Instagram would be, but you have all your music there. You can send special messages to your fans, and you have the sweet backstage pass laminate. So it's a merch item. It's an album. It's everything. You know, it's a, it's a, a website, everything kind of mixed into one. And, wow. and again, with that, sky's the limit. You know, we could make a movie, wild, we could make a yeah. documentary, or you know, you could put everything you want on there and keep updating it. And uh, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's really a really cool idea. And That's we're awesome. one of the first um, rock bands to to uh, use it. Uh, so far, Stephen Tyler, Carrie Underwood, Kenny Chesney, uh, Kiss, um, among others. Yeah, so it's it's pretty cool to be one of their first uh, baby bands, as we like to say. Nice, very cool. Nice. Well, you you got a lot of things going on. We got a, a lot of good music coming out of you. Um, I guess we'll find out soon if you drive a slick black Cadillac. <laughs> yeah, or if I party all night. Right, right. Or uh, yeah. you know, love a bitch. You know, if, we'll find out. All this stuff I, uh, in, how uh, critical my condition may be. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. hey, you ever stayed at the Twilight Hotel by chance? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Mama, we're all crazy now. <laughs> this is just getting bad now. 
So, yes, I am the wild and the young. <laughs> got to be free. Uh, the sun never sets for, for those on the run. Oh, uh, there you go. Good stuff. Dude, this is great talking yeah, to you. You, ne- you never know where we'll pop up or where yeah. I will pop up. I like to I like to keep my options open. I like to um, you know not not just take things immediately as they come, but uh, if something works itself out, then it's it's going to work itself out. But uh, I am somebody that likes to think of uh, the long run, and if something is is going to be worth it for the long run, and uh, if I can see myself doing something for the long run, then guarantee I will be there for the long run. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, uh, you, you really got a buzz going with your, uh, I guess, the tweet you put out the other day. So that really started the buzz. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's you never know what's going to happen. And it's kind of cool. It's kind of exciting. And, uh, you know, if it, it's, even if it's not true, I mean, it's still exciting. It gets people talking. And uh, hey, the more, the merrier. Absolutely. Very, very cool. Yeah, but, you can see my, my, like, my like button go up on Facebook. That's always fun. Absolutely. <laughs> Sell a couple more CDs, you know, make a couple more connections. It's, it's all good. You know, a couple more interviews. It's, it's all for the – it's all to play the game. And it's a big, crazy, fun, wild game of, of losing and losing and losing and losing. And then maybe you move forward a couple spaces, and, and it's always exciting. So, yeah, if if there's news to be told and news to be shared, it'll be out there in a couple of days. And if there's not, then it'll be out there in a couple of days. <laughs> so uh, I, I guess, uh, like, either way, either if you're um, on tour with an uh, unmentioned band or if you're on tour by yourself. Either way, I hope you come to Philadelphia. Get some cheap steaks if, uh, if you're into that and, you know, whatever. It's great talking. Yeah, absolutely. I think the last time I was there was in uh, Westchester and played The Note. I played the final show at The Note. We were literally no. coming in to bulldoze the place down the next day. No shit. That's like 15 minutes from my house. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, it was, it was an acoustic show. You wouldn't have heard us from from your house, but <laughs> it was definitely fun. And uh, I, I grabbed one of the pillows. Uh, I still have it. It's kind of cool. Oh, that's funny. Look at you. Yeah. Oh, we'll have, we'll have to bring a, it back. Such a big uh, kid. There you go. We'll have to bring it back uh, somehow, some way. If you if definitely, you're yeah, I get I get hit up by a lot of fans on Twitter uh, from Pennsylvania and that area, so. It was it was a great show. I've actually got a couple fans from out in that that area coming out here to uh, just come visit. Yeah, it's kind of cool. They're bringing some homemade beef jerky, so we'll we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see about that. Cool. All right. Well, before we'll, uh, see, if before... They, we'll see if they let them through uh, airport security with it. Uh, before I let you go, uh, two things, and then I'm going to play uh, the maps to Hollywood scars till death tune. Uh, number one, I'm going to ask you to do. Two shout outs. Number one, to uh, to both of those boys who look up to you, uh, is Dakota and I think Eric. Let me just double check the names here. You got it. That was right, Nick, Dakota and Eric? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, if you can just say hi. Yeah, Nick, Nick's very quiet. Yeah, it's kind of it's freaking me out, but, uh, <laughs> you know, in a good way. In a, I can in a, freak in a friendly more. sort of way. Other people in here too. Uh, Every, everybody, so yeah, everybody gets very quiet. 
during the interviews. Yes, that's very nice. Yeah, so if you can just say hi to Dakota and Eric for uh, for them. Of course, absolutely. Here I go. Uh, Dakota, Eric, what's going on, guys? It's James Durbin. Um, I'm here. I'm at, I'm at home, actually. I'm not actually here, but if you put your ear really close to the speaker, wherever you're listening to, it'll be like I'm actually there. I just want to tell you guys that uh, always, I tell my son this, he's seven, I tell him, be the best you, because you don't need to worry about being anybody else other than yourself. Being yourself is what's most important in life. And no matter where that takes you, always be honest with yourself and stay true to yourself. If you want to play drums, get out there and play drums. If you want to dance, get out there and dance. You know, If you want to be a techie, be a techie. You can do all of these things. If you want to do everything, do everything because there's no rule book that tells you what you can do, what you can't do, and what parameters those are in. Parameters are like big walls that tell you that you can't go over there, you can't go over there, but you definitely can. Build a bridge, build a mountain, build a ladder, and climb those walls and show everybody that you are awesome and they can't control you, I guess. That's, that's basically what I'm trying to say. Stay awesome, stay humble, stay happy, stay healthy, stay hungry, not for food but for success. And you guys will do good, I promise. Dude, can you tell me that like every day? That was freaking amazing. <laughs> I, I heard The Rock has like an app that he like motivates you every day. So maybe I'll do an app. That could be fun. <laughs> it, it might ramble. You might get kind of tired of hearing me me ramble. <laughs> but uh, uh, but and the last, if I can just get a, an ID from you real quick. This is James Durbin, and uh, you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. Totally driven. Totally driven. If you want to say Maps of the Hollywood Scars or any other band that you might be in or, you know, American. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, everybody. This is James Durbin from Maps of the Hollywood Scars, and you are listening to Talk Driven Radio. All right. Let's just edit Totally Driven Radio. Oh, Totally Driven. Shit. Okay. Here I go. I can edit it. It's cool. Oh, you can? Totally Driven Radio. There you go. Very good. James, thanks so much. (laughs) I love that blank pause in there. And uh, here we go. Till death, anything you want to say about this song before I play it? Uh, The song was written for, uh, from the mindset of death is something that takes away from you, but in a way it can actually bring you back together with what you love, not to take your own life in that sense. But when the time comes, it will reunite you with that thing that you lost, that thing that you miss and that life is important and it's better to go on than to take it into your own hands. Uh, Till death was written from a place in my perspective of me losing my own dad and grandparents and, you know, what have you, and, and, and um, a really close friend, a really close family friend. And I wanted to write a song for not only myself, to remind myself and keep myself company and let myself know that everything's going to be okay, but to let everybody else know, all my friends, all my family, that, uh, that it's okay. And till death brings us to life, we'll be, we'll be right here. Nice. That's awesome. 
Now I got to listen closer to these words now. Hell yeah. I'll send them to you. <laughs> there you go. James, dude, thanks so much, man. Again, great talking to you, and I uh, hope to talk more soon and hope to see you soon out there on the road somewhere. Absolutely. That'd be great. It's a phenomenal interview. I had a lot of fun. We actually have a, a Till Death lyrics video up on our YouTube page, uh, Official Hollywood Scars. So, um, oh. yeah, it's up there. Nice. Well, I'll share that out as well. Right on. I look forward to seeing you in PA. Absolutely. You ready to feel the noise? Uh- Always. <laughs> I don't know. What, uh, I don't know what it sounds like, but uh, I don't know. Get you ready. Feel That's all that matters. Can you, I mean, if you can feel it, you're good. Yeah. I mean, if it makes you bang your head and it induces uh, critical conditions, you know, just don't fly on Thunderbird. Just, uh, just kind of, you know, party all night and uh, get crazy. There you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. All right, so I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. You too. Take care. Thanks. Peace. All right, here it is. Maps to the Hollywood Scars till death.
All right, there they are. Maps to the Hollywood Scars till death. Good stuff. That was a fun interview, man. And Janetti, you're the only one left. I was, oops, I was on mute. Yeah, everybody else uh, bailed during the, during the tune. <laughs> he sounds like Bon Jovi. He really does. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that a little bit, yeah. That was cool, though. Yeah, so now I got to stay up now. I got to actually do a press release for this interview and get it out ASAP. This way it uh, is out there for the morning. Hits the websites. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So on that note, everybody, uh, don't forget, Tomorrow night, Friday night, March 3rd, Tusk, South Street. Be there and be ready to rock. Acoustic style. Mach 22, Dan Parcells, and Rob Carlisle from the Compulsions. Janetti, any upcoming appearances for you? Uh, no. I, well, I, I, I don't know if I can announce it yet, but I will be in the area April 1st. Listen to uh, Law Radio tomorrow night. See, I guess. You're going to be on there tomorrow night? No, I won't be on tomorrow night. They'll probably announce it tomorrow night. Oh, cool. Very, very good. Maybe. Yeah. Other than that, I will will be appearing in my bed. Nice. Sometime very soon. (laughs) Well, have a good night's sleep, my friend. Everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to uh, Nick, Moondog, Kristen, uh, the Wawahoogie guy who messaged me and said he forgot, uh, my cousin Booby, uh, Magic Mike, and, yeah, everybody else who uh, listened, called in, whatever. Um, thank you, and stay driven. Until uh, next week, and who do we got next week? I just booked uh, somebody else for next week. Next week we got uh, we got. Tease, the band Tease from Philly are calling in, and Margarita from the band Edge of Paradise, lead singer Margarita. So uh, there you go. Until next week. See you. Good night, everybody. <laughs>